And yes, he was. Welcome. This is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. I'm John. And uh, today we're talking about Ali, <laughs> the greatest. The champ is here. <laughs> uh, um, one of the greatest boxers of all time. Would you say that he's the greatest, or would you say that uh, Recky Marciano would be? See, that's a little bit that's of controversy for another it? time. The only thing I would say about if they boxed, uh, I'm not saying that Muhammad Ali wouldn't win. But Muhammad Ali basically did not believe in defense, so that makes me believe Marciano would have won, but I don't know. But then again, I mean, Ali was a hell of a puncher, so Marciano, even through his, even like playing defense, he still might not have been able to stop the damage that Muhammad could put on him, so... That's one of those things, like, if you guys want to do that, you can do that on Knockout Kings. <laughs> or was it Fight Night? No, Knockout Kings still had Marciano and Muhammad Ali, didn't they? Uh, yeah. I know I they were on so. Fight Night. You can play them on Fight Night, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah Fight yeah. Night you can play as both. So you guys I'm... can decide how that's going to go. I don't I Break don't out the I'm... PlayStation and figure that shit out. <laughs> uh, so... Uh... Let's go ahead and get to the drinks before we get too far into this. Right. So the uh, so the craft beer uh, selected this time was some shit that I found locally like 10 minutes before I came over. Uh, <laughs> but this is a Wiseacre Brewing Company from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, and the name of this one is called Gotta Get Up to Get Down. <laughs> Gotta Get Up to Get Down. The, the, why do I think of like James Brown whenever... Uh, Sounds like lyrics to the James Brown song. Right, I think, yeah. I think they owe Gotta James get up Browns. To Get Down, yeah. Uh, but this is a coffee milk stout. Um, and uh, it's fucking delicious. It's good. It has 5% alcohol. 5%, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 3. I would give it a 3, too. Like, uh, if you're looking for like a coffee style, like a dark stout beer. Because this shit is dark. This is darker than my soul. Right now, <laughs> this is a, it's about as dark as you can get. Right, this is a dark ass beer, and uh, it's fucking delicious. Because a lot of times, when you get a like a a, a stout beer, like a dark beer, it, it's you know it's almost like too strong. This one, it's smooth as fuck. The coffee, you can still taste it. When it's you great. when you pour it right before you drink it with the froth, it looks like the uh, black hole from Interstellar. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good comparison. Uh, so you you could be possibly be drinking uh, a black hole, right? Yeah, mm. it's very good. 
Yes, it's it's fucking amazing. Uh, I would definitely give it a three. So that, we, that's something I would buy again. And the six pack of the cans was only ten dollars. Ten dollars. So it's a really badass crap. In Alabama, beer. It's not so super that means expensive. for people that's in California, twenty five dollars. Right. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and this is from Memphis too, so it's uh you know, it's, it's a, a southern beer. Yeah, basically. I mean, um, I think... Uh, Southerners know how to get drunk. And so do northerners and westerners and easterners. America yeah. is just a drunk country. Thanks to the Irish. Uh, <laughs> all you, those damn Irish immigrants. Can you imagine how much less drunk we'd be if the Irish immigrants didn't come over? Think about that. Right. Or like if the Germans didn't come over and all that good stuff. All the drunk people just came to America and it's just a nonstop party. <laughs> yeah. Just think about that instead of all the bad shit in the world. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the the movie this time is the, uh, the bio movie about Ali and uh, starring the fantastic Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah, um, it's Muhammad Ali. He actually turned down the role originally until muhammad ali himself called will smith and asked him to please play him in the movie and <laughs> will smith was like what can i do right like what am i supposed to do tell a, tell a legend no yeah. so he gained like 30 pounds of muscle to play in muhammad ali yeah because uh he's because he, will has always been kind of a skinny dude even back when he was on fresh prince yeah i think this movie came out right after the bad boys movie the first one uh, so that's what they're like. Well, he has a little bit of muscle on him now in the bad boys movies. And, uh, we think he can play Ali. So, yeah, you know, so he, and he did. Ali was in real life. He's bigger than Will Smith because I, I forget how big Will Smith is, but he definitely isn't six three, one hundred and ninety one pounds. Will is six, two. I want to say, I think they're about the same height. Uh, I don't remember exactly. Uh, let's see. He's six two. Okay, so Will is six two in real life. Um, and it doesn't really have his like his weight on here. I don't think. Yeah, but. I don't think he's one hundred ninety one because I don't even think he got to one hundred ninety for this movie. I think he only got to like one seventy. Uh, but he he looked it looked good on him. Yeah, um, but I mean, it, you know, he did he did he looked close enough that you're like, okay, that makes sense. Well, no one's gonna look exactly like Muhammad Ali. No, I mean, he was like he was a damn specimen, uh, especially like when he was in like the Olympics and stuff, and he was young. Like yeah, he, he won <laughs> he won multiple medals and stuff like that. He finished his career fifty six and five. Yeah, uh, thirty seven by he won thirty seven of those fights by knockout. He boxed for twenty one years. I mean, yeah, for boxing, that's uh, like a year ancient. And his losses, for people that want to know who he lost to, he lost to Joe Frazier, he lost to Ken Norton, Leon Spinks, Larry Holmes, and Trevor Burbick. Trevor Burbick was whenever he came out of retirement to fight a couple more fights. He came back, yeah. Yeah, and he lost that uh, because he just, he was old. He was like 41 when he fought that fight. Um, and... Um, Liston did cheat in that, that original fight that you see where Sonny Liston and Will Smith are fighting as against each other. So so Sonny Liston did cheat. He put some type of uh, like some type of pepper stuff on his gloves to make his eyes water. Yeah, because uh, when you see it in the movie, he you could tell he's dealing with it because he's trying to get that shit out of his eyes, and he just eventually like I guess it wears off. And then he immediately stuck because they're like Ali. He doesn't look like he's, 
he's all there, you know, and all that stuff in the commentary. Yeah. And eventually it wears off. And I was kind of wondered because I was like, I, I made like a mental note. I was, I was going to ask if like that was based on how it really went in the real fight where yeah, there was the idea that maybe they might have put something foreign on his gloves when he was in the corner. Yeah, see, there was allegations. So that, there was allegations at first, but it was pretty much proven later on that oh, he man. did cheat. He tried to cheat. He still got beat. <laughs> Listen, try to cheat, and he still got beat. <laughs> uh, but just for another reference, I did a little research because I know at the time Muhammad Ali was the fastest. Uh, he had the fastest hands of any boxer of all time. So Which then is was, crazy for a heavyweight. Yeah, heavyweights. And I was like, well, who had the fastest of heavyweights of all time? And most people say it was Floyd Patterson uh, was had the fastest hands of any boxer. Which Muhammad Ali did actually box and beat. Uh, I thought, uh, oh shit, and, and like my boxing knowledge is going to kind of fail me This right is now. heavyweight. Oh, okay, because I was trying to I'm think. I'm not talking I was about, like, like I was De La Hoyas like, and stuff like that. Because I was like, didn't Sugar uh, Sugar Ray, uh, not Robinson, um, what was the one that the fought Roberto Duran? Um, it wasn't Sugar Shane Mosley. What was the... Uh, You're talking about... Um, Sugar Ray Sugar, Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was supposed to have, but that's in middleweights. Yeah, I, I don't know who's the fastest in middleweights. My, oh, my guess would okay. probably be uh, Roy Jones Jr. might be the fastest middleweight ever. Uh, but I don't for know. Hand, oh, for hand speed? Yeah, probably. I, I don't know. I didn't look up that list. I just looked up heavyweights. Right. Uh, and then I was like, well, who's the hardest hitting heavyweight of all time? Ivan Drago? Oh, never mind. <laughs> he probably would be because he'd basically murder everyone. He would have he killed everyone. <laughs> uh, but the hardest hitting is pretty much everyone agrees. It was uh, uh, Sonny Liston or Mike Tyson. Um, oh, I would have thought Foreman would have been on that list of heavy. Foreman wasn't hitters. on the list. They said wow. Sonny Liston hit harder than George Foreman. So Wow. Uh, and then the longest arm length uh, of heavyweights was actually Sonny Liston, which in the movie it makes it seem like his arms are shorter because the actor they got. But it wasn't. He had longer arm reach than Muhammad Ali. Yeah. In uh, real life. And Ali, really, I mean, he had a great reach, uh, you know, for his size. Yeah. You know, like he, for a dude that's six foot three, his uh, arm reach, his wingspan well, he had, was he had great. 78 inch reach. Right. Which is. Yeah, so pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. But in comparison, it's not even close to being the best because I think like Lennox Lewis is like 84. Yeah, but he's also like six foot six. Yeah. Or well, six he's foot like seven. six four. He's not, he's not six six. Lennox Lewis is like six four. Is he six four? I yeah, thought he was he's taller not, than he, that. Yeah. He looks that tall because he fights a bunch of short people. Like when he fought Tyson, <laughs> Tyson was like a child. Uh, the director yeah. was Michael Mann. Spike Lee wanted to do this movie, but uh, um, you know, uh, Will Smith said he was going to have to change his, you know, he was going to have to change his outlook on things to direct that movie. And Spike Lee was like, "I knew I wasn't going to direct that movie after I had that conversation with Will Smith." Because he, you know, he wanted facts, and Spike Lee would have curved things to make certain people look better than others. Yeah. Um, well, and, and that's the thing, like, and not to like go off on a tangent about Spike Lee, but and Spike has good stuff in his movies. I've seen some of his movies, and some of his stuff I, I do like. But the thing with Spike is that when he has a message that he's trying to get across, that is more important than trying to make it real. Yeah, facts be damned. And he's it overloads the movie because you can tell, okay, Spike had an agenda with this movie. 
and he's really pushing the agenda hard. And Spike is a good director. I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying that like you have to be in a Spike Lee kind of mindset to watch his movie sometimes because you know he's going to throw his political and like his personal message stuff in there. And that's his prerogative. He can do that if he wants to. But it, you know, the thing I don't think Spike would have been right for this because he probably would have tried to curve the discussion about Muhammad Ali's life towards a particular direction, as opposed to just like, here was the man's life. You make up, you know, you, whether you think he should have went to Vietnam or what if he shouldn't have, you know, people have to make that mind up on their own. Spike would have been like, Oh, he was a hundred percent correct. You know, and all that stuff by avoiding yeah, the draft. Yeah, Michael like Mann he ended up directing it, and he kind of made it where, you know, you've seen the good and bad side of Muhammad Ali. And yeah. you got to see his dad, which was played by... Uh, Giancarlo Esposito! The the amazing... Uh, <laughs> Who apparently is a villain in everything now. He's a villain in Mandalorian. He's going to be the villain in the new Far Cry 6 uh, game. And it's like, he's like, Giancarlo Esposito is everywhere now. <laughs> I don't know why either, because I guess because he has a very stern looking face. Yeah. But it's kind of funny because in real life, he's only 10 years older than Will Smith. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's not like, uh, <laughs> but he, but in this movie, he like, looks like everyone's dad. Like right. I'm a white guy. I felt like he was my dad. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. I like, just want to say yes, sir. And then, you know, Muhammad was bucking on him, but you could tell, you can tell his dad was a strict dad. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> just talking about some of my favorite lines in the movie, Jamie Foxx is one of my favorite people in this movie. <laughs> There is there. This most is most of, of the comedy stuff is Jamie Foxx in this movie. He was like, because uh, we whenever the... he was with uh, Will Smith was with uh, uh, Soji, and uh, um, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's character, right, uh, which was Muhammad's first wife, right? Yeah, it was his first wife, and uh, you know they were in there, uh, in in there, and he was like, uh, um, he's like, I could work with that. And talking to Muhammad's dad or whatever, and he was like, "She's a ten. He's like, "I ain't never had a ten before, but I have five good twos. Five good twos. <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, Ali's dad just starts busting out laughing. <laughs> the other one I like too, when he was like, he was like, I just, he's like, I, he's like, I'm Jewish, but I, he's like, I can't, he's like, I can quit pork, but I can't, I can't quit white women. <laughs> How do you do it? And he looks over at the white dude, and the guy's like, I, <laughs> he's like, I don't want to respond to that. It's like, uh, it's like that's some of the, uh, like some of the funniest stuff that, um, that he's done, and. And that character, especially with um, Jamie Foxx's character, which was uh, was he was he Muhammad Ali's like first manager? Is that what he was supposed to be? Well, I don't think he was his, technically his he, manager. He's just kind of like his hype up guy. Yeah, I guess so. You know, uh, uh, but um, but yeah, he uh, but like he he would have those problems where like he would get like bad on like drugs and stuff like that. Yeah, he, and he like sold some of, of uh, Lee's championship belts. Yeah, and he was like, uh, you know, he was like, a, he's like, I sold it, man. He's like, you know, and then he tried to get right, and you know, Ali was like, no, and then eventually he forgave him and let him come back. Uh, uh, Bundini, that was his name. Bundini. Bundini. Uh, Drew Bundini Brown. Had Bundini, your... like Houdini. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Houdini was a Jew also. <laughs> Uh, Houdini was, was like Hungarian, wasn't he? He was from like Hungary, but he was 
He's Jewish. He was yeah. a Jewish Hungarian guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, but this the... movie, this movie had a budget of 107 million dollars and made like 87 million in the box office. Not a lot of ton of people show, but a lot of times in those biopics, not a lot of people show up to theaters to watch them anyway. No, you know, not everything can be Dunkirk, <laughs> um, which is you know, it's it's kind of cheating because you know, you're really showing up for the Christopher Nolan experience, not necessarily the uh, the World War Two yeah. aspect of it. Yeah, but I mean, I heard that movie was really great. I haven't seen it yet. That's one of those I'm things. I'm behind like, all my war movies. Right. Yeah, that's one of those movies I need to that, and I need to actually go back and and try to get through the rest of Interstellar. Because I watched like 40 minutes of Interstellar and then, um, like, uh, I'm not sure I remember. Yeah, and then, like, we left to go do something. Um, and then I never went back and finished watching that movie. It's funny, if you guys want to listen to a, a really good podcast, Daniel and Jorge explain the universe. Daniel, the actual physicist, has a lot of problems with the movie Interstellar. Only because of the time travel parts. He said everything else physics-wise actually kind of lines up. Yeah. But the time travel parts don't actually line up very well. Well, and that's the thing. With because like, time travel is impossible. If you're trying backwards to... Time backwards time travel. Yeah. yeah. Forwards you can do, technically. Um but it's not significant time travel. It's not like you can jump like 200 years into the future in like a couple of seconds. Yeah. Techni know? Technically, anyone can time travel into the future, but it's not like you think it is. It's right. Just, you know. It's one of those things like, uh, was it Einstein worked out that he was like, the closer you get to like the speed of light, uh, the more like time slums down for you. So you experience time at a slower rate than what's going on so like if you went somewhere and then came back you only were out for maybe a few years traveling at that speed but the actual or at least that's how it feels to you physically you were only out there for that long but nothing but, with mass can go that fast anyway so that's yeah just, so they were like that's you know, basically just gibberish it's like a thought experiment because he was <laughs> like well if you could actually go like 99 percent or fully the speed of light and a you know a, a, you know you know traveling in like a spacecraft or something then eventually you know like if you came back would the earth be the exact number of years that you experienced and he's like no actually it, it would be a few years ahead of you based on how far you went and how long it took to come back you know like they did that whole well it's a, it's worked a out clock all the math on clocks that. are the same until something goes one speed and the other thing goes the different speed and this cl the, the clocks kind of stay the same until the other thing turns around. Right, yeah. And then that person can be like point zero 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 one second younger than you. Right, yeah. Uh, so time is relative. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I know it's lame. But this anyway, is, uh, back to Ollie. So this is uh, beyond the physics. <laughs> beyond the physics. <laughs> Einstein uh, was wrong. Right? He's right about a lot of shit. It's like also when uh, Einstein's mom thought he was retarded, so you know that should just be a shirt. Yeah, I mean, Einstein's like, mom thought he was retarded. It's an inspirational shirt though. Just right. like always remember, Einstein's mom thought he was retarded. Right, and it's just like so. If you think you're is, stupid, yeah, this isn't our words. This right. was her documented. You know, Documented words like this is how she, she thought said it. she thought that young Albert was mentally retarded like for real. Although before we get back to Ali, just to debunk one of the myths, where you know you heard the thing about 
everyone heard the thing like growing up about how Einstein like flunked like math class or whatever. That's a lie. That never happened. Right. <laughs> he was like top of his class all the way through school. So. Yeah, it's one of those myths that. And it's like where'd that come from? And it's like no one knows. They just like yeah, he's so smart he couldn't do basic math. It's like that's a lie. He can. No. The fucking theory of relativity works when you draw it all the way out. Like there's like there's no way that they do fucking flunk math. Like that's what he was. He was a mathematician, and he could figure all this shit out because he could calculate all this stuff. But it's just like most of the bullshit like myths about things or like misunderstandings that we have was just randomly created in the 1800s. Like most misconceptions, like people thought the Earth was flat until you know we found it out. It's like nope. People haven't thought the Earth was flat since the 6th century. It's only recently now that people are starting to think it is again. Because all the the dumbass flat Earth people... Yeah, all the dumbass flat Earth people have started to come back now. And it's like... uh, I even saw a comment where somebody was like... Remember when a Greek dude with a stick figured out that the the Earth was a globe? Yeah, because it's literally simple math. Uh, but anyway, this is not about flat earth. No, it's not. But it's w- not. We, we are here to talk about Muhammad Ali putting people flat on their back. So we can, um, we can, yeah, I guess that's, yeah, that, that's a good, I tried to segue, segue yeah. out of that because we, we got OD, we got a, uh, not OD, ADD, ADD. Yeah. I'll give that segue a, a three out of 10. Okay. Hey, at least it's better than zero. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, is, uh, looking into this though, um, uh, people kind of fucking hated this movie, <laughs> uh, in terms of just like, just general, like, uh, movie going experience, which is, uh, <laughs> Sorry, Steve over there I running the, the remix. Um, uh, but, uh. Also, props to Aloe Black for doing our intro. He was here live in the studio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the band and everything. It's amazing how we yeah. pulled that off. There's a little thing He's called amazing. Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spotify put that together. <laughs> Thank you, Aloe Black, for not suing us. Right, yeah. Um, uh, preemptively for not, yeah. It's like, hey, you know, we, we use your MIDI. We use your MIDI. <laughs> I thought you were going to say midi chlorians. I was like, can we borrow Addy Aloe Black's midi chlorians? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that'll help us be better musicians. Um, but uh, but one the of the force th- does everything. You don't know that from the new Star Wars movies. It's yeah. magic, basically. You can just teleport shit. Apparently, yeah. It's actually all your talent and skill, right? At all. And all you have to do is just be a Palpatine or a Skywalker, and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, you have to be from two families. If not, you're garbage. You're you fucking kill shit. yourself. <laughs> kill yourself. <laughs> do it. Uh, but, uh, but as far as uh, as far as Muhammad Ali, um, he uh, the thing about this movie is that like there's people that felt like there wasn't enough boxing, and there was people that felt like. There, you know, there was too much focused on his personal life. And then, you know, there was other people that were like, I don't care about the boxing. I don't really even want to see that. And it's like, so you went to a movie about Muhammad Ali and you were like, it was too much boxing? What? <laughs> he is a boxer. Right, yeah. Uh, so let's see. What should we What should we go over first? Um, It'd be like going to like a Lance Armstrong movie and it's like, I kind of went for the steroids. Not I didn't really want to see all the bicycling thing. shit. Yeah. There's little steroids in that movie. Yeah. 
It's like, uh, yeah, I went to go see that uh, that bio movie about Serena Williams, but it's just, you know, fuck tennis. I just don't care about tennis. I hate tennis. I hate tennis. I don't know why I went to go watch this movie. I just went for the sex scenes, and there wasn't any. There wasn't any sex scenes, because it's like, you know, I mean, it's not that kind of movie, and I was disappointed. I was going to rate this a zero on Pornhub, because I'm like, there's no sex in this movie. (laughs) It's like, it's not a porn Right, it's a bio movie about Serena Williams. I mean, what, what were you expecting? Um, <laughs> I wanted porn. I wanted porn, damn it. Went to the wrong theater. Right, yeah, I went to the wrong theater. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we'll go over this, so we'll go over this point first. So it says, uh, where to start? Lights, cameras, action, and slow motions. And that's about it. Unfortunately, uh, the pitch for Get What You Think You Know is aptly used. Because if you know anything about Muhammad Ali, you'll be disappointed by this. There's something that Hollywood must learn about biographical uh, movie making is that you show something that the public hasn't seen before. The reason for the appeal of films like this is to get under the skin of the person in question. See what goes on behind closed doors. Hold Uh, on. Hold on. (laughs) That's called a documentary. This isn't a documentary. This is a live action movie. Continue. Uh, What was Ali really like in reality? And uh, was he more than the uh, than the public rude, arrogant, cocky, but great fighter, or was he really that sad and one-dimensional? Unfortunately, after watching this Borathon, I can only assume that he was dull. They clearly should have shown his childhood and his uh, descent into uh, his later years. That would have been much more interesting. And they could have cut out the rather boring and overlong fight scenes. I'm sure everyone already knows the results of these fights anyway. You would be better off just. You'd be better off just watching the documentary that was made for TV. This movie didn't have any more information. Uh, there was a ton of filler and a lot of very boring scenes with nothing happening. Like what? <laughs> like what? What specific scenes does nothing happen in? Right. Except they could have cut the scene where uh, his his second wife was telling him how she fell in love with him when she was 11 and he came to their school. Oh, and he called her a little Indian girl? I was like, yeah, that's that's just kind of gross. It's, it's kind of kind of cringy. Because yeah. it's like... Uh, it's like they could have cut that out. Like, they probably... Was... Yeah, they could have had it where she just kind of... I mean, I guess the reason they have it in there is like how he there caught been a... back up with her and she's like, I remember you came to my school. And it's like... Yeah, but you were also, like, super jailbait when I came to your school. It's more than jailbait. It was right. 11. 11, yeah. Um, so <laughs> she's, like, super underage. And then she, like, had this attraction to him. And then she ends up marrying him, you know, for real, for realsies. And uh, that kind of thing. So they do like, have a kid together. And right. all that's consensual. The story's just a little cringy. Yeah, it's just a little cringy that she was, like, falling in love with him when she was, like, 11. It's like... Okay, that's a little weird. Uh, do we do we need to keep that? Yeah, uh, apparently like, Michael Mann was like, we got to keep that, otherwise nobody knows who the fuck she is. And it's like we still don't know who the fuck she is. Now we just have this cringy story to think about. It's like we do know who she is, though. She's Layla Ali's mom. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we know who she is. Yeah, we, we remember <laughs> that. Like, yeah, she's you know, uh, Muhammad had like five kids, but that one was he had more... nine, I think. From what oh I yeah, saw. nine. Yeah. It's like I knew he had a bunch, yeah. but Layla was her daughter so we know who she is you don't we don't need that story right with all the cringy stuff about 11 year old falling in love with muhammad ali but uh 
But, you know, my thing is, is that, like, uh, when they talk about, like, well, you know, why do they have the fight scenes in here? Because we already know how these go anyway. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, could you tell the story of, of Mike Tyson without any boxing? Even yeah. if you know the results, like, you know his win streak, you know how he lost to Buster Douglas, like, you know, you know about him biting uh, Vander Holyfield's ear and well, all that Well, Mike's kind of never going to get Tom Cruise to do it if there's no boxing. Right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you guys listened to the Dan Patrick show recently, uh, I was actually listening to that. Did he, does he want lunch. Tom Cruise to put blackface on or just be Tom Cruise? I guess he would just be Tom Cruise. Just Tom Cruise and they'll just call him Mike Tyson. They'll just call him movie. Mike Tyson. And That'd be, like be a, awesome. Be I like would watch that reality. Movie. And it's like, it's like, have Mike Tyson like give his approval before the movie even starts. It's like, this is the motherfucker. I want it to play me in the movie. You got a problem with it? Don't watch this shit. Right. You know? <laughs> It's like, but wouldn't you want somebody who was black? Look, that's racist. Okay, no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not down with that. It's I like, wanted a crazy motherfucker like me. Tom Cruise Tom is the Cruise craziest is the motherfucker, motherfucker I know. <laughs> he would be like, yeah, can't okay. argue that. Uh, kind of so has the is, same body type. They're both really short dudes. I mean, Mike's obviously way more bulky than Tom, but oh yeah, I would probably say Tom's a little bit more crazier than Mike Tyson. I don't think I don't think uh, uh, Mike Tyson a... would climb the Burj Khalifa for a shot in a movie, right? But he did bite a dude's ear, so he's got some crazy still. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like if you were gonna watch like a movie about Mike Tyson, would you watch a movie about Mike Tyson that had no boxing in it? It was just his personal life. No, because I could give going a shit to jail. Less about- and all that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, I could care less about his personal life. Okay, so if you're going, if so, if you're gonna sit down, and you're gonna watch like a bio movie about Mike Tyson. You're like, okay, I want to see the win streak. I want to see him like, you know, training and dealing with Teddy Atlas and stuff and learning, and then you know, going through and becoming like one of the youngest. I think he was the youngest heavyweight of all time, heavyweight champion of all time when he first won right. the title, because he was like what 23, 24, I think, when he won his first title. Something like no, that. No, I think he had to be younger than that because like Ali 21? was 22 whenever he won the world championship. So Mike was like 20, 21? He might have been 19, I think. Really? Shit. I, I, I don't know my Mike Tyson uh, biography yeah, history. Yeah, I think Mike Tyson was 19 when he won the championship. Shit, no wonder he was like a prodigy young. Uh, yeah. But the thing that's... Because just think about that. Mike Tyson right now is like 53 years old. 54. 54. Roy yeah. Jones Jr. is 51. Yeah. Mike Tyson's been around a lot longer than Roy Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson's been around since the 80s. So, yeah. So, I think that Mike Tyson probably won at about 19. I'm going to have to look that up later. Because he was smashing people. This isn't about Mike Tyson. But I'm you just guys using know that as an example. Uh, but it's like, why would you watch a movie about Muhammad Like, the thing about Muhammad Ali that made him famous, right, was all of Say my name, play. motherfucker. Right. <laughs> Uh, that was that was the thing about Muhammad that made him so interesting was that like you know he was like a you know he was this great Olympic boxer he won like gold medals in the Olympics and then you know he ends up going into uh, you know being a professional which is kind of where you see him at the beginning of this movie where he's kind of leaving the Olympic stuff and he's gonna go pro and start doing that sort of stuff and then he becomes like this you know he becomes this like prodigy where they're like man he's like you know some amateur boxers when they come from like the olympics they go into like the pros and they just get their face smashed and they never become anything but ali was not that way you know he was one of those guys like you knew he was going to be great you know unless some injury put him out or something he was going to be fantastic but that's the whole reason that you're interested in a movie about muhammad ali is because you 
you know what the outcome of the fights are. You know the Rumble in the Jungle. You know the Sunny Liston stuff. You know, you know all these different things. But it's like you don't know the stuff that surrounds it. Well, no, I'm, and the boxing itself that's is not also necessarily a hundred percent true. Like Muhammad Ali was pretty much done with boxing before I could even ever watch it. Right. So I don't know exactly how those bouts went. Right. You know, I know about him. Whenever you know, I got old enough to know about boxers. People talk about him. Right. But this is kind but of. We like, didn't see that stuff. Yeah, we were too young. Right. So when you watch this movie, you're like, okay, that's who Muhammad Ali is. That's that's what made him famous was all these great classic yeah. fights that he got in. And that's the thing I don't think that they realize. It's like, yeah, if you wanted to watch like archival footage from like ESPN Classics or something of Ali's old fights, you could probably find that shit anywhere, right? Yeah. YouTube or something. But the thing is, is you're like, okay, the thing about this movie is there, you know, Michael Mann is approaching it from the standpoint of like, well, there's going to be some people, like probably a good number of people that watch this that don't really know that much about the man. They don't know much about his fighting. Like, what was the stuff that, what was about his life that made him such a fantastic, like, you know, legend and a, a yeah, character? Yeah, what did those fights look like? What is the things that what led made up him to a those fights that made him who he was? Right. And that was cool to see in this, you know, in this movie. And then to you see get him to see Will Smith's portrayal. And, you know, like... To me, it's one of the best boxing movies ever. Not the best, but one of the best. What so, would you What would you consider the best? Cinderella Man is the Cinderella best Man. boxing movie ever made. That's okay. That's I, I can't hate on that. That one's this one's cool. top five, but Cinderella Man is the best boxing movie ever made. Yeah, <laughs> and then like I guess Raging Bull would be on there somewhere. I don't even think would I you put Raging Bull. I on don't there? think Raging Bull's on the boxing list. I know there's boxing <laughs> in it. But there's a lot more other shit in it, too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be top five, probably. Because, I mean, there's not a lot of great boxing movies that's ever been made. You know, like... Would any of the Rocky movies make it? Uh, Yeah, I think... I think probably either, you know, one of the original first two are, are four. Yeah. Um, You know, Creed 1 and 2 are both great. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's there's some good boxing movies, but like Undisputed, that's a really good one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That you know, really because good. that's kind of like uh, what would happen if this Mike Tyson type character came in there and he had to kind of fight like this Muhammad Ali type character, dude. In jail. Uh, <laughs> in jail. Like right. so, it's kind of like yeah, it was a little bit like that, you know. So that was a really good one. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that movie. Yeah, because it's Ving Grames and Wesley Snipes. Yeah, Wesley. Uh, uh, it was fucking great. I didn't see any of the other undisputed, but the original one was great. If you guys want to see, if you guys want to see a good undisputed movie, look check out that first one. Look look, look at that first one, and I think you'll see. That Can't it's even great. see his punches at the end when Wesley starts going off. Right, <laughs> like his punches are so fast. Yeah, I wonder. Like if Wesley actually boxed, I wonder how how good he what he could have been. Depends on his chin. Yeah, because we don't with know any how, boxer. We don't know how tough he is, but we knows? know. That he was fast and he had good discipline. And he was a great. He was great shape, especially if you see Wesley like when he was Blade, like how fucking chiseled he was and his muscle, everything. Like he was in fucking great shape for Blade. He's always been a great martial artist. Um, yeah, I was kind of wonder like, man, if he boxed, I wonder how good he could have been. 
But, you know, we'll never know. But yeah. the thing... I would say to kind of finish up, like, the, the point about this is, like, you know, they want to get in, in under the skin of the character. And then they're watching this and they're like... They're seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff, like him dealing with his wives and him dealing with, you know... Uh, you know, Bundini and, you know, all these different things like Bundini selling his championship belts and all that kind of shit. And like the, uh, Elijah Muhammad and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, all the stuff with like the, the Nation of Islam and, you know, Elijah Muhammad and, you know, Malcolm X and Yeah, you get to all see that. the assassination of Malcolm X was played by the, uh, legendary Mario Van Peoples. Right. He did a really good job as Malcolm X in this. And then Who's you also... better, him or Denzel? As Malcolm X? Oh, shit. It's hard to go up against Denzel. It's always hard to go up against Denzel. Uh, so you put me on the spot now, and I'm like, Denzel did <laughs> you a don't have to. Job. You don't have to answer. Let's move on. I would say Denzel, but Mario Van Peebles did a fucking badass job playing Malcolm X in this movie, in the Ali movie. He did great. So I'm no no shade against Mario Van Peebles. He did a fucking great job in this movie. But Denzel did get a whole movie, and then yeah, you know. Whereas uh, Malcolm X is kind of like you know he's sort of a side character in this movie because the movie is about Muhammad Ali, but a big chunk of Muhammad Ali's life was dealing with the Nation of Islam and him becoming Muslim and, and everything. Malcolm X and being... Jim Brown's also makes an appearance in this movie, not the actual Jim Brown, but someone right. playing Jim Brown. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of funny because Jim Brown was an actor himself after he retired from football. Yeah, so that's so, actually kind of funny that Jim Brown, because he's in the house at the first, you know, pretty much the first of the movie. Yeah. You next. Cassius Clay versus Jim Brown. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll imagine if he was a. If, he if Jim Brown would have just been like, yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, if they would have done that, they would have been like, okay, Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay back in those days. Yeah. Cassius Clay versus Jim Brown in a fucking boxing match. It's like. Shit, Jim Brown was a badass running back, but it's like, could he could he have done anything to Muhammad? I don't know. He might have had some punches. He might have had some like, power punches. I would have won, but I guarantee you it would have been Jim Brown would have put knock. some damage on I don't, him. I don't think he would have just knocked Jim Brown no. out. Because <laughs> as tough as Jim Brown was as a running back, I would imagine that would have been an entertaining fight. Yeah. That would have been better than fucking McGregor versus uh, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. You know, but, uh, it's kind of like people from two different sports like kind of colliding you know together. well and that was just clearly just a rigged fight for money oh yeah they they fucking made a lot of money off that but uh the, but my thing is uh you know like one of the things that people didn't like about this was how much the story jumps around kind of getting into the next point and my thing is is like you've got to go through a man's entire life or at least a good chunk of his life in like two hours how long is this movie like two something it's hours? like two and a half hours like two and a half hours it's a fairly lengthy Look, movie i don't know okay so they do do that and sometimes it does kind of confuse you a little bit i will say that in the the movie because there's like, like the because they'll jump ahead like to like the next and you're year like, okay now where i'm at okay yeah. so i think michael mann couldn't make a good decision of what to edit out of this movie so he just kind of he kind of left everything, everything in so this is the classic case of needing someone with a little bit more experience at this time than Michael Mann, like a Ron Howard or a Scorsese or something like that. Somebody that, that knows how to, you know, round out the movie. So directing-wise, Michael Mann did a good job, but not a great job. But everyone in the movie did an amazing job. Yeah. 
but I'll go into this and then we'll 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 probably we'll continue it on, right? So it says on here, and this one's kind of a shorter comment, so it's okay. not as lengthy. But it says the movie's just a bunch of scenes which are put together with no real coherent story. You never know how much time has passed. At one time they say something like he finally got his title back, which was taken from him in 67. But it's not clear which year he got his title back. Um, maybe unless you were uh, uh, an Ali or a boxing fan, uh, it, it wasn't even really clear in what year his title got taken. Uh, for some strange reason, the film also drifted into a mini bio of Malcolm X and a general recap of the civil rights struggles of black Americans. This is all very interesting, but already done to death, and, and please keep it out of a film about Muhammad Ali. Some scenes are much too long and have no real re relation to the movie, like Malcolm X being shot. You see a whole five minutes or so of him being shot, but you only see ten seconds um, of Ali uh, in mourning uh, over his friend. Uh, bullshit. A radio message was more than enough to portray uh, Malcolm X being shot. And there are far more examples of Malcolm X throughout the movie. Okay, so one of the things is leave civil rights out of a Muhammad Ali movie. That's insane. It's not really going to happen because he That's was, insane. He was a part of it. Yeah, he was a very big part of it. Yes. Because he was probably one of the most outspoken. You have people today, like LeBron James, for example. Everybody says, like, can LeBron be kind of like the new version of Muhammad Ali that's like a fantastic athlete that speaks up and speaks out about, you know, like social issues and civil rights stuff. And sometimes LeBron will do that. And then sometimes it's like as soon as he talks, everybody's like, I think LeBron's wrong about this. And he was like, do you want me to talk or do you not want me to talk? Do you want me to Maybe. be like a social figure or do you want me to just shut up and play basketball? Because when he does seem like he wants to step out and do some social stuff people like are like no dude shut up nobody cares about what you think play basketball and then you know other people are like you should probably speak up more you're one of the most famous people on the planet for sports you know you're probably the biggest basketball star in the world you have a platform use it and it's like he's damned if he does he damned if he's, he doesn't that sounds like an excuse that his pr team would make for him not speaking up more. <laughs> right uh, because if he wants to talk, he can talk. No one's stopping him from talking. And no. He can complain. If that's, that's his Chinese excuse, money. That's his excuse <laughs> his PR team told him so he can keep all of his endorsements. Right. Uh, Do you think Muhammad Ali gave a, a single fuck about that stuff back in the 60s Muhammad and Ali 70s? was willing to go to jail because he didn't want to get drafted into the army because they didn't want him to box anymore. Right, yeah. Uh, because he was part of, you know, Islam. Yeah, um, that, that all of that stuff was predicated. That's the whole reason that they wanted to have him, you know, draft into the army, was because they didn't like the fact that he was a member of the Nation of Islam. Yeah, so and it's made this, abundantly clear in the movie that this is kind of all triggered around that. Yeah, so whenever you call him like a draft dodger or something, it's like, yeah, technically that is true, but they were drafting him for the wrong reasons. They were drafting him to try to basically get him killed, right? Because know. of his because of his religious beliefs. Yeah, because of his influence. So there's no way in hell he should have ever went over there. Now, you know, I think, me personally, I think he would have if it wasn't a part of their agenda to get him out of the picture. Right. So and He knew that they were just playing him politically. He was just like a piece in their little game. Well, his trainer told him that. Yeah. Or no, Howard Cosell told him that. Yeah. Howard Cosell told him that after the interview whenever they tried to draft him. He was like, yeah, they're going to try to... You know, they're going to try to take you down. Yeah. And, you know, because Howard so Cosell also 
Uh, how didn't John Voight win an award for that? <laughs> and that's the thing. Going back and rewatching this movie, that was one of the things that kind of blew me away a little bit because I was like, I was like, wait, who's the dude that's playing Howard Cosell? And then I pull it up on uh, IMDb, and I'm like, wait, that's fucking John Voight? John what Voight. What the shit? I was like, they did a, I mean, like, they did as probably as good of a makeup job as they could have done to make him kind of look like Howard Cosell and then the hairpiece. And then the fact that they got him, uh, you know, Cosell uh, and Muhammad had a pretty good, you know, like, relationship with each other. Because, they were really good friends. Because, you know, he always would go on to Howard Cosell's show. He would always do interviews with them. He would always times. tease them and they'd joke back and forth. Yeah. And, you know, he Howard Cosell knew that he could... He could hit Muhammad Ali with questions and he wouldn't be like, well, this is over. I'm just out. You know, he, he knew like, what's the stuff that I can talk to him about? How many, you know, what's the direction I can take, you know, the story and he's going to, he's going to work with me. He's not going to just going to walk off and be mad. Like, Oh, why'd you ask me about that? I'm just done. I'm out here. You know, he, he knew how to work with Muhammad Ali cause he spent so many years you know covering his fights and interviewing him and stuff like that and somebody in here has uh if i remember right in the comments somebody had a thing about like that's not how it really was and, uh, and we'll get to that later i think but um but but yeah when you see john void in this movie you're like damn it's like the casting for this even like all of like the you know like the extra characters that are around him like the uh, the guy that uh, plays like his uh, lawyer or whatever that's representing him in the case when he was, you know, facing the the, uh, the jail time for mm-hmm. draft dodging and stuff. Uh, and I can't remember his name, but he was the dude that plays Miles Dyson in Terminator Two. Right. <laughs> that's how I remember. I don't remember his name, and I feel so bad I don't remember his name. But he does a fucking fantastic job in this movie. He does. Um, like they casted this movie so well. Yeah. And then Felix Leiter's in this movie, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's in this too. <laughs> Black Felix Leiter, yeah, <laughs> um, from the new James Bond stuff, yeah. Which he's, the... he's probably the best Felix Leiter. Let's be honest. Oh, absolutely. The only other one who's like even kind of close is the one from uh, License to Kill, and I mean he he basically gets fucking mauled in that movie and then his wife dies. I forget the dude's name that plays him, but he's great. Like yeah, it, like he's a he plays Muhammad's. Uh, fr- he's a freelance photographer that basically just takes pictures of Muhammad Ali. Right. But he's he does a good job. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, playing Howard Bingham. Bangham. Bangham. Uh, banging. Uh. <laughs> But uh, it's that one thing or whatever he calls it. It was pretty funny because he uses that stutter and it makes the joke really funny because he's like, uh, he says something about Muhammad Ali can't marry the uh, Soji because she's not a Muslim, yeah, because she's just a date, she's not the girl you you married. And it's like, uh, uh, he says something like, like, uh, Jeffrey Wright says something like, Why are you worried about a fat boy? <laughs> oh man, it's good I don't shit. know. The stutter just made it more funny, right? Because the dude doesn't stutter in real life. Obviously, if you've seen anything else in him, so it was just really no. Funny. He's like he's very very good, yeah. Um, but we'll go ahead and we'll take a break here, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk about Will Smith Uh-oh. playing Muhammad Ali. Na 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 na. Yeah, it's like um, 
If you guys want to see something pretty entertaining, Ryan George has a video about how you uh, how you sing along to every Will Smith video ever. Yeah, it's a good it's, it's a good uh, um, how to video. Yeah, it's a very good how to video. Look it up on uh, Ryan George's YouTube channel. Woo! <laughs> 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 Woo! Yeah, it's fucking hilarious because you're like, oh my god, that does work with every fucking Will Smith song. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll take a break when we come back. We're gonna we're gonna get into Will uh, playing Muhammad Ali uh, because apparently people didn't like it. So yeah. Hold it now. And we're back. Yep, shut them down by Public Enemy. Yes. One of the well, yeah, one of, yeah, that song is fucking great. The real question is, who would have won out of a boxing match between Muhammad Ali and Butterbean? Mm. The question is, would Butterbean be able to get into the ring? <laughs> he would be. Yeah, He's pretty agile to be a big dude for a big dude for kind of like a like a super heavyweight. Uh, yeah, he was actually pretty agile. The only thing with Butterbean is, I think he would tire out. I think Muhammad would just he would just outwork him. I don't know. Back in his Butterbean, day, Butterbean could stay in the pretty, ring for a little while. He had pretty good stamina for like his size. You yeah. know, that's a, that's an interesting question because. Butterbean could hit pretty hard, but could he do enough damage to Ali to actually affect him? If if Ali fucked up enough, yes, yeah, if, absolutely. Like if he didn't, if he didn't protect himself, if he or didn't get away take him seriously, or if he just trying to go blow to blow with Butterbean, he would definitely lose. Because Butterbean was a pretty fucking hard hitter, but he's also a super heavyweight. And you know what's weird about super heavyweight? That's the class no one cares about. No. That's like the biggest of the dudes. Right. It's yeah. like heavyweights are cool and it's like, what about super heavyweights? No one cares. Mm -mm. No one, I don't know anyone that's ever been a champion that was a super heavyweight other than Butterbean. Right. Well, who else, because who else would have been in that weight class with I have him? no idea. Yeah. Like, uh, shit, I don't know. Because that's like 300 pound boxers and shit like that. Yeah, guys that For are For one, like I don't think there's plus. that many like 300 pound boxers no no well how much does uh does tyson fury weigh he weighs like 270 something 270 something yeah yeah so he's, he's still like a on the he's on the edge of heavyweight yeah, if he eats to a couple heavy. more cheeseburgers he's gonna be fighting better <laughs> the gypsy king <laughs> although i will say that like that fight between uh, him and deontay wilder like it was a fairly entertaining fight but we were so like just pissed that deontay just really was not really into that fight that much. Well, he said that that suit that he wore to the ring tired him out before the match <laughs> even started. And it's like, well, don't fucking wear that shit. Don't wear that shit again. Wear a fucking robe like even every other boxer. Like, oh, that was bullshit. And Tyson Fury's like, no, I believe it. And he was like, that that, that. He was like, I had to wear the shit. I know how I felt. You know. 
Um, well, no, Tyson Fury was saying that he believed Deon, you know, Deontay. Oh, Lamar. Tyson Fury, yes, okay. Yeah, he was like, I believe him. He was like, it's you know, it's something that you know, it was probably a mistake, and I think he's gonna give him a rematch. Right. Um, and if they do that rematch, we're we're gonna watch that shit. Yeah, because that was uh, that was pretty fun. Uh, well, we want Wilder to win because he's you know he's a Bama boy. He's a Bama boy, yeah. And uh, we're trying to root for our home state there. Right, yeah. And also, Timber. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, props to anybody out there who remembers Prince uh, Princess Ibn Ahmed. Uh, does he? He doesn't still box anymore, does he? Prince no. Princess. Ibn? He's a trainer now. He's a trainer. Oh, okay. Man, if you wanted a dude that could teach you like how to be like good in the ring, but also like just irritatingly talk shit to somebody, Pr- Prince Nassim, he was, uh, or was yeah. it Nassim Hamed? It's Prince Nassim Hamed. Nassim Hamed. Okay, I always fuck that up. I always got it backwards. Yeah, I've been saying it wrong the whole time, and Steve's never corrected me. I don't know if that's true friendship or if he was just doing that so he could laugh at me later. Like, he doesn't know how to say his name. No, I was just kind of <laughs> like, you know, a lot of these these names are just kind of like, people know what you're saying. Why correct you? Right. <laughs> Nassim, Haseem. There's not like that's two different people. Right. It, it's still, there's nobody that starts their name off with Prince. Right. And then Nassim or Haseem Hamid. Right. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, you guys know who the matter. fuck you're If you fucked about. it up, it's just whatever. You know, it's like people still know who you're talking about. Yeah, but Eric Morales was pretty much the end of his career. Yeah, because he did that fight with it without taking him seriously, and then he hired Emmanuel Stewart as his trainer, and then that was pretty much the end of him. <laughs> yeah, because Emmanuel Stewart trying to make him into a serious boxer, and he was just way better whenever he's just taunting and fucking with people. Right, because it it almost let their guard down, where they're like, "Oh, I can get a good shot in at him," and then it would make them sloppy, and then he would hit him. And you're like, oh yeah, see, he he figured out a way to kind of break your defense because you got you got too cocky thinking he was being too cocky, and then yeah. he flipped that shit on you, and then pop, and then yeah. timber. <laughs> yeah, and just uh, to go over quick before we get back into it, the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. match that's going to be happening September the twelfth. That's um, really that's like only like a month away from when we yeah. were recording this. Yeah. So. Uh, my thing about it is everyone's pretty much just very adamant about Mike Tyson beating Roy Jones Jr. He's like, yeah, Roy, Roy was a fucking badass in his own right. Roy so, Jones Jr.'s last fight was in 2018. Right. And he won. He won the last four fights that he boxed in a row. Right. <laughs> I just hadn't um, heard anything about him because, like, I hadn't really been keeping up with, like, pay-per-view boxing. Yeah, he is the greatest boxer in Florida history. He's from uh, Pensacola, isn't he? Yeah. Picola, yeah, that's just, just like right Roman Reigns. The yeah, they so. have some people. Roy yeah. Jones Jr. is a trainer. He trains people to box right now. Mm. And Mike Tyson, it was pretty funny too. Roy Jones Jr. insured his ear for the fight. <laughs> uh, it was pretty hilarious. It, he did it for real, but it was it was it was, it was a joke, right? Um, but you know, you got you got a guy. That went from light heavyweight to heavyweight, and then won the heavyweight championship. <laughs> yeah, and he's the first and only person to ever do that. Yeah, Roy well, Jones he was also Jr. a middleweight champion. 
Yeah, well, that's where he's. Yeah, that's where he started. That's he also like he also boxed in cruiserweights and won that champion. Right. A lot of people consider there's some people that consider Roy Jones Jr. the greatest boxer of all time because he won championships in four different weight classes. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Yeah, it's uh, especially like when you look at most boxers typically. They stay around the same weight, or even like in, in like ultimate fighting, they usually don't change weight classes too much. No. They try to stay around. Like I know, like Conor McGregor has like he's kind of went between like like two I think weight classes to um, to fight people, but it's like normally like even in ultimate fighting, they don't really change out of they don't really try to change their body that much, uh, you know, to try and go between those classes. But Roy Jones does not give a fuck, apparently. And he was like, you know what? If I got to put on extra pounds and go to a higher weight class, okay. Hey, well, I'll beat their uh, asses, we were, too. I mean, we, I used to watch boxing every time it came on. It was a family thing. So, yeah, because I remember Jones watching Jr. boxing over at his house. Literally, so, one of those cruiserweights challenged him, and he dropped weight to go down and beat him and take his championship. <laughs> and yeah. he did it. And then he moved back up. To his weight class, re-won his championship, right. then moved up to light heavyweight, won that championship, and then he kind of took a little bit off, then he went to heavyweight, won the championship there, and then he went back down to light heavyweight, and then had a little bit of a losing streak, and people thought his career was over. He lost like four matches in a row. Yeah. He lost to, like, Glenn Johnson and a couple of these other guys, and they're like, Roy Jones Jr. done. Then he won five more in a row before he lost. Yeah. And then his last four matches, he won. He won, like, 67 matches in his career. He's, like, 67 and 9 or something like that. 66, 67, and 9. Shit, he's got more. He's got more than Ali because Ali only had, yeah. like, what, 50-something fights, Yeah, he had he? 57 and 5. Yeah. and then, Roy Jones uh, Jr. was, like, 66 or 67 and 9. Uh, and then like Marciano, he was like what fifty three and zero or something. I think I or... think Marciano was fifty nine and zero. Was he fifty nine and zero? Okay. Yeah, because Mayweather's like sixty one and zero now. Yeah. Okay, so he actually he's beat Marciano's. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but some of those matches were just garbage. Crap. <laughs> and in some of those matches, he he lost. And right? it's not to say that Floyd isn't talented, because he obviously is. He's he's a good boxer, but he also he kind of fights like a scared bitch. <laughs> and you know that he's got talent, but he oh he, there's there's multiple times in the uh, the Conor McGregor match he sh- he he would have been knocked out if Conor would have just kept going. Right. But obviously it was a pre-planned thing. Like we're gonna make each other look good. You're gonna let me win so I can keep my record intact, and you're gonna look like a legit boxer because you took me so. Many and times. you're gonna look tough, and, and we're both gonna took be me the millionaires. Distance. Yeah, cool. You could tell that was it because there was multiple times that Connor could have knocked him out. Because Connor's a tough bastard. He because I mean, he legit can knock people out in yeah, UFC. Because a lot of people say it was like <laughs> he was just legit winning, and then he just laid off and then started acting like he was tired. Right. And it's like you're not tired. You're in way better shape than Floyd Mayweather. There's and no a lot younger. Not. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what, 10-something years younger than Floyd? Something like that. But anyway, back to the comments. But anyway. Uh, but uh, just I figured thing, we would probably... Roy, Roy Jones Jr. is going to win. That's what I'm saying. Roy Jones, yeah. I mean, Mike, just just real quickly, Mike is a good hitter. We all, we've always known that because that's what made Mike famous, right, was his uppercuts, his hooks. 
he could knock people the fuck out with like one really really good punch right but the thing with mike is that like mike he can be exploited more than i think roy jones can we've always liked roy jones jr well that's that's the person i i'm more connected with right than mike tyson because so I, we I watch have... that fight if we get that fight it's Roy, Roy Jones, Jones fights tonight. Yeah, Roy Jones Jr. God, I, I remember that. I, I just remember that. Mike Tyson, I only remember bad things about Mike Tyson because the <laughs> era that I got to see him. The the conviction, which I'm not going to talk about because, you know. We've already talked about that before. People always talk about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. That's that's things that he had to pay for. We're here to talk about boxing. Yeah, uh, uh, the the. the, the the us me me and my brother having to you know pick peas in a field to get money to watch the pay per view and then him biting someone's ear off and getting disqualified. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And, and then you you he start talking about eating somebody's kids and killing them to Lennox Lewis and stuff. These are I the things. Children. These are the things I remember about Mike Tyson. The only thing I remember about Roy Jones Jr. is how much great shit he would talk after the match. A lot of times it was always after the match. He'd talk a little before, a lot after. You know, I remember him knocking out a guy with a shot to the body. Yeah, I think I remember <laughs> seeing that clip because he hits him and the dude just kind of like... He falls down oh. and then he tries to get back up and his legs just shaking and then he just falls he back just, down and it's like his fight's over. Yeah, because he just, uh, he was done. He put his arms behind his back and the dude like swung at him like 13 times and then Roy Jones... Junior just hit him with the right hook and knocked him out. Yeah, from behind his back. Yeah, he he had his hand, both of his arms behind his back, and the dude was throwing punches and he missed every one of them. And then Roy Jones Junior just <laughs> came around, knocked him out. Those that became things. so <laughs> iconic that they actually put that into uh, was it Fight Night? Yeah, you could do that because like you could have like the boxers taunt, like Ali would do like the shuffle thing with his arms up and stuff, and Roy Jones's is he would put his hands behind his back. And like kind of sway, like avoiding punches, and then he would do that, like that. Yeah, he would knock you behind out behind a back punch. Yeah, those are the great things I remember about Roy Jones Jr. So that's that's where we're leaning on that. Another thing too, just as a side note, Roy Jones Jr. was also in the fucking Matrix. Mike Tyson was not. I'm gonna leave that right there. I'm just gonna say, was he the one? <laughs> he was the one. Yeah. Are we gonna find out in Matrix? Five, nine, six, seven, twelve. Something? I don't know. Wachowski's get on that shit. We want to see it. Keanu Reeves is just going to do sequels to his movies until the end of time. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of want to see the Bill and Ted thing that they're doing, It too. looks awesome. It does look awesome. So, But anyway. No, uh, no one's going to hate that movie. We're not going to be able to do that movie. If you do hate it, it's just like out of the country now. Right. If that, if, so if, if that, when that movie comes out, uh, we're going to have to probably end up doing like a trilogy of the Bill and Ted stuff. Oh the yeah, first two sure. and then the new one. The uh, just let us know if you guys want that whenever it comes out. Even if it's not hated, we could do it as a review trilogy. Right? Yeah. You know, if you guys want us to like, because if you hate the Bill and Ted movies, just go get fucked. Yeah, get get totally. <laughs> I would say you get out of the country, but what country would accept you after that? <laughs> you can't go to Canada. They got standards. Yeah, they're like, dude, you hate Keanu Reeves. Get, get the, the fuck, fuck out. out. <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay so uh back to muhammad ali right because <laughs> that's what we're here for uh we're not here to talk about keanu reeves although we could we could do a five-hour podcast weekly about keanu reeves um, maybe we should submit that to iheart radio it's like what is your podcast idea we're just going to talk about keanu reeves right every episode <laughs> right 
iHeart's like, that's a good pitch, guys. Yeah, we're gonna get, we're gonna, <laughs> you guys get us some celebrities to come on at random. We won't even know who they are, and we're just gonna talk to them about Keanu. For right? An yeah. Hour. <laughs> I mean, Doug Benson has a thing where he just talks about movies. So we can talk about Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway, uh, so so you know, because the thing about this movie in particular is that. It only really works if Will Smith works as Muhammad Ali, right? Like if mm-hmm. you if you get the the feeling that like yeah he's actually Muhammad Ali, I get it. You know he is that character because he had to get his voice down, he had to get his mannerisms down. You know, like he even had to learn how to box like Muhammad Ali and like train and like on the training. Did he get trained by anybody who originally worked with Muhammad Ali? I don't think. Uh, I want to say his name was Dundee. Was Angelo Dundee? Angelina. Dundee. <laughs> Angelina Dundee. Angelina. <laughs> say Angelina. Oh, Angelo. Angelo. Angel- Ange- Angelina Joan Lee. Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, like, uh, yeah, I think he was dead before the movie uh, even started. Production. Uh, he was already like an old cat back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? He might still be alive now. I don't know. Some of these old trainers be like, "How old are you? Two hundred and seven. I'm a tough son of a bitch." Right. I've like been Mickey training. From... I've been training boxers since 1904. <laughs> well, he had to have some type of training, and my my guess, because I couldn't see it, uh, probably people like you know, or Darius Stewart and people like that probably stepped in and tried to help him. Like this is what. Ollie would look like to make it look good enough on film, right? And this is how he sidestep people. This you know, is how he threw his punches. Will yeah. Smith's feet footwork wasn't quite as fast as Ollie's, but you can't expect an actor to actually do that. <laughs> You're talking uh, about one of the greatest boxers of all yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's like you can be just, hard to replicate. You can just do that, right? It's like. What are you talking about? Like, no. Are you going to speed the footage up so yeah, I look good? Are you going to speed it up to make yeah. me look like Ali? Or are you legit you thinking I can just become Muhammad Ali for real? Right. Because that's not possible. Having never boxed before. Yeah, and, you know, Will Smith seems like he'd probably be a little tough in a fight, but he wouldn't be Muhammad Ali tough in a fight. Yeah. Uh-uh. Um, well, and the again, guy that be. played George Foreman, uh, he was an actual boxer. And they claim they told him to throw some punches to make it real possible. That dude never hit Will Smith. <laughs> he might have had a stand-in that he was hitting. He never hit Will Smith. I can tell you right now, Will Smith's like not, oh, hit me, hit me. No, no. <laughs> Will Smith's not saying hit me, hit me. And what the hell is that smell? Yeah, uh. Uh, Will Smith's a great actor. He's not a tough guy, though. No. Know? And that's good, because you've got enough he has to tough protect, guys. He has to protect that face. Yeah. That, that money maker. That beautiful Will Smith face. Right. You gotta protect him. And man. his giant dumb, dumb, no dumbo reason, ears. There's no reason for him to fight. He doesn't have to be like Tom Hardy, which can just look like absolute trash in a movie and still fucking kill it. Because <laughs> like in Venom, he looks like a sweaty homeless person through most of that movie. Right. But still, who cares? But like, he just fucking he kills amazing. It. Yeah. I mean, in Bane, and who knows? You can't Tom even Hardy might have just been face. like, "Yeah, I was just homeless the whole time that we were shooting. Why? What's wrong with your house? I didn't want to go there. I just want to sleep on the streets. Right? Feel like Venom, you know? Feel like an outcast. So, <laughs> oh, okay. You, you really you... committed to this Eddie Brock thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. You didn't have to do that, but Eddie has a house. You know that, right? Yeah, but I didn't want a house. Okay, okay. I want to live on these streets, baby. Um, but yeah. So this, so this comment it says, "I can't say if Will Smith's performance was anything other than just adequate." 
He never had me believing he wasn't just Will Smith. He clearly showed the difference between looking like the champ and being like the champ. Uh, resembling those guys who desperately try to imitate Hold Elvis. On, pause one second. That, that one line's just kind of ringing in my head. Never thinking he was anything but Will Smith. Right. How many Bruce Willis movies have you ever watched where you just never... You, you're like, oh yeah, Bruce Willis is going to fuck him up. That's like something you'll say in the action movies. Oh yeah, Bruce Willis is going to fuck him up. Right. They should just go ahead and name all of Bruce Willis's character Bruce Willis. Because he's the same character in every movie. Because that's how people talk to the movies. When when you're watching an action movie, you know how you'll talk to them. You know, hey, fuck him up, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Only except You're not like, died. fuck him up, John McClane. You're like, so, fuck him up, Bruce yeah, Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Because it's Bruce Willis. Yeah, so that's... So Will Smith is an iconic character, so... No matter what he does, it's always going to kind of feel like Will Smith to you. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I think he. But uh, so to, just to finish the point, right? Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, you know, resembling those guys who desperately try to imitate Elvis. It's awful. Love scenes with his wives uh, that couldn't even tug at the heartstrings of someone recently struck by Cupid's arrow. Sorry, Will, but I would rather watch every episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air than five minutes of the Ali movie again. So he hates Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, too? I'd, I'd watch every episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air just anyway. Yeah, so this guy's basically like... It's like, that's a punishment. He's like, Fresh this Prince movie of is so shit, I would rather watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air it's than like, watch this fucking you movie. You mean one of the greatest TV shows of all time? One of the if best sitcoms the of all time? the greatest sitcom of all time? I don't know if it's not. Some people would say Friends, but my argument is Friends is... Friends is boring to yeah, me. Yeah, Friends is boring. Like, the, the thing with Friends, like, Friends would have moments where it would be funny, but you'd have, like, maybe one, two good jokes and, like, uh, 20 is minutes all of the funny parts done by Jennifer Aniston? Uh, and then, like, every... Yeah, because, like, Matt LeBlanc never really seemed like he was that funny to me, like he was trying too hard, and then... He was uh, basically doing, uh, Joey... Uh, uh, you know, uh, John Stamos from Full House. That's pretty much what he was doing. Yeah, you know, except dumber. He was, uh, yeah, he was doing like the Uncle Joey thing. Yeah, the pretty boy. That's you know, kind that's of a, a little... kind of a naive, dumb idiot. Yeah, but he was just but, like times ten. Right. But like you know, like David Schwimmer, for example, like it, Schwimmer, he's, he's like the he's technically the main character, right? Ross. And he's like boring as. Fuck. He would eventually. He would occasionally have some moments where you're like, okay, that's kind of funny. That that was actually kind of funny. But it's like the women were the funniest thing about that show. Aniston, well, because you had Courtney, Courtney Cox, Cox, Aniston, Lisa Kudrow, Kudrow, which was actually the only fucking comedian on the show. She was the only real comedian. <laughs> Everybody else was like just regular actors. It's like Lisa Kudrow is actually legit funny. Yeah. <laughs> because she was in uh, Mad About You. Yeah. And she was playing the twin of the character from Friends. Yeah. If you go back to Mad, I didn't know about that originally, but it's like the character that she plays in Mad About You is the twin sister character to Phoebe in Friends, because it takes place in the same universe. That's crazy. Yeah, Mad About You uh, with um, Riser, right? What's his name? Um, uh, shit, was it Kurt Riser? And uh, shit, I forgot his name now. But anyway, <laughs> but like, uh, stuff like 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 you know Seinfeld. Very hilarious. They, they did have comedians, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. So that show wasn't boring. A little controversial in some things that they did on the show, but no good sitcom isn't controversial right. at some point. 
Fresh Prince of Bel Air had his controversies. Family Matters, the first few seasons, probably some of the greatest sitcom ever. After that, it just went off the. It's just all Urkel. But the thing about like, the thing for me, like watching this movie, right, is that like, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air version of Will is kind of like what we all think of for Will Smith. Like he's charming, he's funny. But he also will have like these moments where you can see him like he really can act. Eventually, he got way better at that where he wasn't just doing straight up comedy. Like we always mention the stuff that he does with Uncle Phil, like when his dad comes back and they do that whole thing where like his dad's trying to get back into his life and then he Everybody leaves him again. It. That's always what we talk about, right? Is it's one like, of the greatest scenes in TV history. Yeah, the why doesn't he want me kind of thing that he does, and you could tell. That, like, as he spent more time with, like, James Avery and just, like, the whole cast, uh, you know. Without James Avery, Will Smith wouldn't have been what he is today. Right. You know. And I think that as that went along, you could tell that his, his dramatic chops were getting way, way better. Because we already knew he was funny. You know, we already, you know, knew that he could do comedy. He had great comedy timing. You know, he was great at his facial expressions, all that kind of stuff. He was good at verbal and physical comedy. Yeah, because he could do physical comedy really well. But the thing is, when you get to the Ali movie, he's got to take somebody who's, you know, one of the most iconic people in history. Like, Muhammad Ali, despite what people might think about him and, like, you know, his ties to the nation, Nation of Islam and, you know, Malcolm X and, like, all the political stuff that he was involved in, he was, he is, to this day, still one of the most influential people in sports. Like, a lot of people that get into boxing now still say, like, the reason I got into boxing was because I saw Muhammad Ali and I wanted to do that myself. He's still... And, you know, the man has been, he's been dead for like, what, four years now? He died in like 2016. Yeah. And, you know, he's been, he's been dead for several years. And people still, even when he was an old man and he was going through like uh, Parkinson's and, you know, he had, uh, his health was failing him. People would still say like, he is one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. And he still influences people. And what Will had to do was he had to go like, okay, I am going to be trying to recreate one of the most influential sports people in history. Maybe one of the most influential people in history. And I've got to get his voice right. I've got to get his chemistry right with his wives and all the people that are around him and his entourage and his training and his training staff and all that kind of stuff. He has a lot of stuff that he has to do because he has to sound like Ali. He has to walk like him. You know, he has to, he has to have the ring presence everything that he has to do in this movie and to say that like uh you just didn't really believe him as like muhammad ali name to me an actor who could have done this role and could have done it at that time that would have done it better than will did i don't know if there was one because he had the look you know he he busted his ass to try and add the muscle so that he would he would at least look you know passable as ali in the ring you know, he worked on all that stuff, how he talks, how he fights, everything. He put a lot of work into this because he wanted to make sure that, you know, Muhammad Ali felt like he did him justice. He's right. like, I don't want to just half-ass this movie because I'm, like, literally playing a legend. Somebody who's a, 
you know, a, a role model to like probably millions of people, right? Exactly. And you can't you can't fuck that up, or people will be like, "I fucking hate you because you played Muhammad Ali in that movie and you sucked. You didn't even do a good job." You know, so he he has a lot of weight on his shoulders to make sure this role works. And to me, the reason that this movie works like it does is because how much effort he put into it. Well, he did put a lot of effort into it, but there was also a funny story. Um whenever he was filming in Africa for this cuz you know they were running he was actually running through some streets of Africa yeah and uh when so, they was filming the scene and i think it's still in the movie but you can't really quite hear it uh but one of the women that was uh one of the african women that was sitting over at the the side doing something and she looks up and she sees him running in the streets and she she yells out big willy <laughs> No, <laughs> is that still on the audio mix? I think so. I think you can actually hear it because it was one of the facts that I found about the movie. Oh, like, and then like one of the the women just like Big Willie, <laughs> Big Willie style. <laughs> hey, what's up, Big Willie? Um, <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty awesome. See, yeah, even they seen the Fresh Prince. <laughs> I mean, everybody has. Uh, also, rest in peace, James Avery. Uh, not only was he Uncle Phil, but he was also Master Shredder on the Ninja Turtles cartoon. A lot of people forget about that. Well, Uncle Phil is... Uncle Phil's a better character than Shredder, obviously. Uh, but, but also, he's probably uncle to all of our hearts that grew up right. on that show. Dude, if you were growing up in the 90s, everybody wanted Uncle Phil to be their uncle, right? Yeah, be my uncle, right. Uncle Phil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were, like, the greatest. He was, like, the greatest dude. Um, shit, I want to go fucking watch french prince now yeah which gonna... you can on hbo max this is not sponsored by H- hbo max but we will gladly take hbo's money <laughs> don't watch that shit unless they pay us right yeah <laughs> fuck hbo max, unless they pay us and then watch that shit every day right um which is also like one of the places you can watch south park now they have all the south park episodes mm. so i was like that's pretty cool so now they own trey parker and not stone yeah the corporate overlords have taken over no <laughs> yeah now they're going to make an episode about how hbo at max owns trey parker and matt stone but they're going to do it on south park uh, right yeah yeah that's, because that's, that's trey how parker the, and matt stone yeah work. they'll be like yeah we signed an, <laughs> we signed an agreement to have all the south park episodes available on hbo max but we are going to talk shit about them on an episode we're just gonna put it around the uh, the framework of the boys. Well, how doing many fourth something. wall? How many fourth wall breaks would it be if Trey Parker and Matt Stone are inside South Park for that episode? Oh, like as characters? Yeah, and then you have the South Park people like trying to trying to stop it, and then inside of South Park you have Trey Parker and Matt Stone making South Park. Oh, dude, that'd be <laughs> that'd be some like uh, like the Office like kind of fucking fourth wall dimensional break or something i think you mean like, oh, community <laughs> or well com- yeah community i don't know why i said the office uh that's what i meant was community yeah uh self-referential yeah but you meta. know yeah meta uh but yeah it's just like the, you know the people that were like you know eh, will didn't do a good job in this movie it's like hey you're just being too harsh I, mean, I was trying to think of someone else that could have played Ali in this time period. In I the just, early 2000s? I just cannot. He seems like he's like I can't the think of anybody right now. No. Uh-uh. And I was trying because I was like, can't. Yeah. It's like you could probably think of, of some people that, that you know, might be... 
I don't know. I don't really think I can come up with anybody off I the can top think of my somebody, head. I can think of some people that could play other boxers. Like, Common would make a pretty badass Joe Frazier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, shit, I was trying to think. Cause, um... <sighs> Tyrese Gibson as Roy Jones? <laughs> that could probably work. See, the thing about Roy Jones is he'd probably want one of the sons to play him in a movie or just do it himself. <laughs> or get like uh, like Michael B. Jordan or something. Now, Michael B. Jordan can't box anymore in movies. He can only be Creed now. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, because he, he has to be Adonis, right? Um, yeah. You can't I, do too many boxing movies. Because then everybody's like, you're just the dude who does all the boxing movies. You just movies. do boxing movies now. He's like, but I was in like Black Panther and shit. It's like, nah, you're you're Adonis Creed. You, you know, you're not Killmonger anymore. Killmonger <laughs> died. Killmonger died. Adonis Creed is forever. <laughs> Unless you die. Right. <laughs> and then, um, and then, then you did. Then you did. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll go ahead and get into the this last comment here. So it says, um, because uh, some people were seriously butthurt about the. Uh, some of the the boxing in this movie. So it says, if you know boxing, the sport, this movie really sucks. <laughs> it leaves out much. Uh, never explains to viewers what the rope-a-dope was uh, against the ropes and covering up for much of the fight. Ali patiently waited while Foreman ineffectually hammered away at him. And no one mentions later that this unreal ability to take punches may have caused his later Parkinson's to speed up. Also... Also, no mention of the Phantom Punch. Unbelievable. Uh, what seemed to be an important part of his life, the whole draft dodge, the court cases, the battle, uh, etc. is put on the back burner, almost as if it never really happened. One minute, he can't fight. The next minute, we agree to do a two-minute scene with Joe Frazier. If you want to see the Joe Frazier portion of Ali's life, don't blink because it is over that fast. What was one of the greatest feuds in all of sports history, this movie shows us very, very little of this feud. Instead, we are shown a long, drawn-out scene of Ali running and then a slow-motion boxing match with Foreman that ends the match. You want to know more of Ali's life after George Foreman? Read a book because the film stops right there. Well, one thing about it, uh, this movie isn't about Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier. If it was, I would expect more Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier. That's just this part is, of his life, but it yeah. wasn't his entire life. Yeah, so the thing about it is Joe Frazier's one of the, the, the only people he lost the title to. Right. Uh, because the first time he was stripped of it, uh, and then he had to, you know, go basically go fight Joe Frazier for it. Right. After he was uh, allowed to box again. Yeah. Yeah. He was given his boxing license back. back. Uh... Yeah, or, you know, he lost, and then he won it back. And then um, he retired. Then he came back into boxing, and he won it again. Right. And then, you know, he lost it, and then finally left boxing. So that is just... This movie's not about, you know, Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali. And, uh... Or even Liston, you know? Yeah, or Liston. It literally starts off with Liston because that's like his first like, important fight. Big, important so, yeah, matchup. And if you're worried about like the boxing, oh, if you don't like boxing, it's like, oh, they don't mention the rope-a-dope. You know they used the actual, 
they they just reset the actual audio from that boxing match mm-hmm. during the match because they have the commentary they know what was actually yeah, said they during... had them say the same stuff during the match they didn't say this is the rope-a-dope right because that wasn't a thing that existed in boxing yet until after the match yeah that... they're like oh muhammad ali was just making him tire himself out and then he beat him yeah absorbed the punches until <laughs> until foreman had tired himself out and then then he started, you know, you know, using all that energy he had sort of saved to go after Foreman and yeah. took him out. You know, um, that was the rumble in the jungle, you know. Yeah. And, but that's the thing. It's like if you were a person who didn't know about boxing and you didn't know about that strategy, does that make the movie any worse to you? No, because you see the strategy play out. You see it straight. Just because you, it's not called the rope dope in the movie. Yeah, oh, he's using like, the rope dope. Who's strategy. using the rope dope? Oh, they said that in the movie, even though it didn't exist until after the fight. That was what people called it. Because I don't fight? even think yeah. Ali had a term for that. It was it was just a strategy that he came I up think with, it was like Howard Cosell that just called it the rope dope in an interview after the fight. Right. Yeah. It because he was just trying Cosell. to call, I think it was Cosell. So what are you talking about? Right. You're talking about stuff that didn't exist. You expected it to be explained to you during a movie, even though that's not how it happened in real life. Because they have historical footage of like these fight. All these fights were, were recorded on TV, you know, or they were they were uh, you know they were broadcasted, right? Yeah, like, they're all documented. Yeah, all this shit. The commentary. The interviews with Howard Cosell on like Wild World of Sports and all this kind of stuff. They have all this shit as archival footage. So if you're trying to make it historically accurate, you're not trying to make this movie to appeal to people who are looking for like, hey, I want to you know see them. I want to hear them actually call it the rope and dope. It's like, no, because... That's not historically accurate to the time that this movie is depicted. Yeah, the rope dope was after. And this so, is the things about, yeah, the foreman thing might have caused Parkinson's. That's not how Parkinson's is caused. Sorry. It might have contributed to, to, to making it happen earlier. But Muhammad Ali was always going to have Parkinson's. Michael I mean, J. Pop Fox didn't take any shots to his head his entire life, and he has Parkinson's. Right. So we know. Because I was going to say, like, how many fights has uh, Michael J. Yeah. Fox been So in? we know Parkinson's isn't caused by concussions. It's caused by something genetic or something you eat or something. We don't know exactly how it's caused, but we know for a fact it's not caused by hits to the head because there's plenty of people that's never even been hit to the head that have Parkinson's. Right. So that's not how Parkinson's works. Well, then, dumb then, fuck. Then they try to say that, like in the Rocky movies, that that's what they were trying to lean towards was that he was, that he was uh, getting something kind of like Parkinson's. I think in like Rocky Five or something, well, or that he was suffering brain damage. Because he has of, brain damage, right? But which you can get from, from boxing. From <laughs> boxing, you can get brain damage, and because brain damage is often caused by concussions, right? Which you're definitely getting when you're in boxing, right? You know, because that's why fighters have to take so much time off between fights so that yeah. they can so that the concussion symptoms go away. Because all a concussion is is whenever you get hit so hard, your brain moves inside your skull. Right. That's why it's so dangerous in football. Yeah. And well, in hockey, because hockey they have big hits too. So that's why they're like, hey, helmet to helmet stuff. That that's probably most likely going to be at least a mild concussion. Yeah. Every time. 
if not a yeah. severe. And if it's severe, that can cause some serious issues. And more, the more thing I'd be worried about with the helmets is neck injuries, actually. In football, I've always thought that. Because, yeah. you know, when two things hard hit together, something has You're, to absorb it. Something and has to compress. most likely your neck. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> the thing is, is like, okay, so let's say you're watching this movie. And at the end of the movie, you see Will Smith trying to act out Parkinson's disease yeah, on Muhammad Ali like... like when he's older. Because a lot of people are like, they didn't really show Ali when he was older. They kind of It goes to the rumble in the jungle in Zaire, and then it just kind of cuts off. Like, Yeah, I want to see him like in a bed with Parkinson suffering. It's like, you really want Will Smith to act that out? It's like, there's no way that he would have done that. Even if it was in the script or something, he's like... I'm not gonna do that. Let's just have this. Let's yeah, just let's have this, this right there. At the rumble in the jungle, like that's kind of the end of the movie because the you know that's sort of like the I guess like the last like kind of like super big moment that he was involved in. I mean, he was involved in other big moments, of course, uh, and he also was at like the first WrestleMania. He was the referee for the first WrestleMania well, they, main event. You know, they did they they he they did a lot of celebrity and stuff. Ended it where like his his legend. Place. Yeah, because the rumble in the jungle in Zaire is what solidified him as a legit superstar. Because yeah. after he won that fight, they're like, it's it's you can't even question the man's ability anymore. Greatest no matter of his all politics time. or whatever you feel about him and the nation of Islam and his you know uh, him taking the Muslim faith and changing his name and all that kind of stuff that was embroiled in that, you cannot take away the fact that at the time that he fights Foreman. He is the greatest boxer in the world. And so you go, the start of the movie is him fighting uh, Sonny Liston, right? Mm -hmm. He fights Liston, and then it goes through his career with Frazier and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, the legal battle with the, you know, the draft and all that. And then it, it ends with Foreman, where his legend is solidified. Do you really want to see Will Smith acting out fucking Parkinson's? playing Ali as an old man with like makeup and shit on to make him look older and you know his uh Parkinson's disease and stuff like that it's like no you're not going to want to see that like it's it's bad well, Muhammad enough Muhammad Ali was also still alive you think he wanted to see that Yeah he was like I, you know he's like I, He was I, upset I, at Jamie Foxx whenever you know whenever he got in this movie cuz Jamie Foxx did a movie called Bait I don't know if you guys remember this movie it's a pretty good movie actually but there's one part where Jamie Foxx was in the prison and he was like hitting a punching bag and he was he literally does like the Muhammad Ali thing and he jumps around and then he's like Mike Tyson and he does like the joking uppercuts and then he's like yeah or yeah and then he's like Muhammad Ali and then he like shakes like Parkinson's or whatever and then people are like, oh man boo you know that's, whatever that's and it's low. like that because he was like that was tasteless or whatever and he was, yeah. you know he was like I'm so, I'm sorry I was just you know joking around or whatever he was yeah like, he was like that's okay you know whatever you know he's like. Just, just don't do that. Because <laughs> Muhammad had a sense of humor. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, like it's he, still, it's still kind of messed up. You know, but you know, I don't think Jamie Foxx meant anything by it. But it, it's still messed up. You don't really want to see that because when you see Michael J. Fox with it, um, you know, who's still alive, it's still, it's still really good because he's inspiring. He's doing so much for that disease. Yeah, trying to figure it out, and so he's when you're still, just like, and he's oh, still they didn't say acting, that. Yeah, even with it, and I like I remember um, they're not saying that his boxing caused his Parkinson's. You don't know that. 
Right. Because no one knows what caused his Parkinson's. Right, yeah. They're just like, it might be the hits to the head. Oh, why? Because it's a brain? Like, it's something to do with the brain? That doesn't mean that's where it started. Yeah. It could just have been something genetic because, I mean, you know, how did Michael J. Fox get it? I mean, it wasn't because of a bunch of intense acting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It just kind of happened. It just sort of developed. Yeah. You know, it, it could just be uh, certain people genetically just, they get that and there might not be like an actual trigger that makes it happen. It's just something that slowly develops in your nervous system. You know, hell, I could be 70 years old and have Parkinson's at, at some point. I don't know. Yeah, you, know, he's you don't never know until been it... hit in the head. So yeah, I mean, I played football for a little bit, but you know, I've never been like a boxer or anything, and I've I've only been in maybe a few fights in my life. So, you know, it's. But the thing is, is like I remember uh, seeing the thing where, and this is the the first moment that I realized that I definitely hated Rush Limbaugh. Um, and I know we're about beyond the hate, but that guy can go get fucked in a giant pile of dicks. But Rush Limbaugh was making fun of Michael J. Fox one time, and he was like, he was like, he's like, his Parkinson's isn't that bad. He's just doing it for sympathy, and he's like, oh, he's like making fun of him moving around, and he was like, he was like, his Parkinson's is not that advanced. He was like, he's just, he's just overly acting, and he's overdoing it because he wants sympathy, he wants mm-hmm. money, and that kind of stuff. And I was like, fuck you. First of all, you don't have to deal with this shit on a daily basis, and he does. And to say that the man is like overacting or he's overdoing it because he wants oh, sympathy, man. I was like, you can go get fucked in every single layer of hell. Because Rush Limbaugh will say shit like that, but then he doesn't actually have to face Michael J. Fox to explain himself. I think it'd be I think it'd be interesting if like Michael J. Fox is like, Do you want to debate me on this? You know what should happen? I think Rush Limbaugh should go on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh God! As a guest, I want to see. Oh, what man. I see what want to happen when a, you know, volcano met a tornado. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is what it sounds like when worlds collide. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, I absolutely, and I'm not a huge fan of Joe Rogan, but in my head when you were saying that, I was like, Joe Rogan would fucking destroy. Oh, he dude. would fuck he him would up on fuck, that. Rush Limbaugh would never go on that. Show. No, he would never. He, he would, would get yeah. fucking destroyed by. Yeah, Joe because Rogan. in his on his radio thing that he does, he's in a safe space. He's he, because he's, he's surrounded by his engineers. Yeah, he's and his the people. one that runs that space. Right. But if he went over to the like the Joe Rogan podcast, he would get fucking annihilated. Yeah. Because Rogan would know about all that, and he would he would he make would be him. talking about Parkinson's yeah. disease, and he'd be like, he "Okay, like, did you know you know stuff like that?" He'd be like. Well, you know, it's like, but did you also, like, how he owned the Adam Conover whenever he was on his podcast? About the transgender stuff? Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, and he's just like, I, 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 did, I don't know, you know, it's like, he just had him, like, he was... He had him, for, like, brainlocked because he didn't know how to respond. For a guy that was supposed, like, had a show that where he was supposed to know everything. And, and research all this Joe stuff. And he got on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he just had no answers. No, he just really, and it he was just kind of backpedaling all yeah. the time. Like, well, you know, I have... You know, he's like, I have friends of mine that are transgender and they say this. And then he was, and then Joe Rogan will throw out some facts and he's like, well, I didn't know about that. And it's like, dude, you're supposed to be like the research you're the, guy. You're, you're supposed to go, you were supposed <laughs> to go on that podcast and make uh, Rogan Joe look Rogan like he look didn't look know But Joe Rogan just calmly just schooled you because at he a point. He hit him with that Uno reverse card. Yeah, and, like, and it was like, because all you. you had is like, well, I have some transgender friends and stuff. And That's then, anecdotal evidence. Yeah, That's yeah, not yeah and Joe Rogan evidence. even called him. It's like, it's like, I have trans friends. That doesn't mean I know everything. No. Doesn't you know? make you an expert just because, you <laughs> he's, know. He's like, he was like, I ha-, you know, he's Joe Rogan. What did he say? He's like something like, I have Asian friends. I have 
black press doesn't mean I'm an expert of their culture. Right. He was like, "What? What scientific evidence do you have to back up what you're saying?" Backing what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, "Well, I'd, I'd have to look." Because they were talking about transgender athletes, right? Yeah, wasn't that what it was? Yeah, because, and that's you know, because Rogan's, you know, he's involved in you know UFC and he's a commentator for them and you know that kind of stuff. He also does jujitsu and stuff. And like Rogan, he was like, do, "Do you think it's fair for a man to transition into a woman and fight other women?" Right. Basically, is what he was saying. Yeah. And he was like, "It's not." <laughs> and it's clearly because he was talking about like <laughs> testosterone levels and muscle yeah. development and growth and stuff is different between men and women, and you know that kind of stuff. It's like because that would be like me right now being like, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna transition into a woman. I'm gonna go in the UFC." I'd beat most of those women. And if I can fucking fight. I'm going to go fight Holly Holm, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, Holly Holm's a badass. And it's like, yeah, she's also like 5'6". Right. (laughs) (laughs) She is a badass. Like, so was Ronda Rousey. And, like, Gina Carano was good in MMA when she did it for that little bit. And, you know, like, all these different people. uh, Fucking Chris Cyborg and all these different women. Like, they're badasses. They're not saying that they're not. But you can't have somebody who, I don't know, we're off on a tangent here. But if you have somebody who was a man transition to a woman, and then wanted to go fight one of them, he should have used this example. Should have used this example. He should have said, "Okay, how about if Shaq decided <laughs> to become a woman and go play in the WNBA? NBA. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> who would stop him? Nobody. Could, what men? Dude, could he would stop be. Him? He would be unstoppable. Like dudes couldn't stop him. Dudes couldn't stop him." <laughs> And you have some badass women over there. You think there, Brittany Griner's going to hold up the shack? But no women is six foot one. Seven foot one, I mean. And fucking, what? How much did he weigh? Like 290 pounds? Uh, Shaq was like, I think at his fattest, I think he was probably like 280, 290. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck? Who can stop that on either side? But if you just put him like against women who were just... You know, normally shorter than men. Right. Because, like, and uh, stuff. one and of the tallest women in the WNBA, I think, is Brittany Griner. I think she's, like, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, which is super tall. Way taller than woman. me. Yeah, that's way taller than me. Like, Brittany Griner would kick my ass in basketball. Oh, hell yeah. Like, they, for they real, would we all, would get fucking owned. <laughs> they would all beat us in basketball. Like, if, if, I, if all... I had to go up against, like, Diana Taurasi, I'd get my ass kicked. Because she's yeah. basically, like, she's like a, like an Italian Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Like, she's fucking badass. Or like that that girl from uh, Oregon, that Sabrina Ionescu or whatever. She's fucking awesome. She would kick my ass in basketball. I'm not saying that. They all would. But if you put Shaq in the WNBA, dudes could not stop him because he was a fucking freight train. Why do you think he got fouled so much? Because people tried to do shit against him. And he would just brush it off and then try to shoot free throws. But it's like, if you try to stop him in the paint, you couldn't. Because he's a fucking giant it's dude. It's impossible. So if you're just <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm just going to transition into a woman, go play in this sport and just dom- dominate the women's sport, it'd be like, yeah, it's oh, not that's really not the same shit. It's not the same thing. Not, that's not fair. And it's like, oh, well, that's that's my right. Well, now that I'm a woman, it's like, yeah, but you're like seven foot one. But you were, you were born a man and you have testosterone levels that like the women don't have. It's and like, testosterone is a big thing about, that's the whole it's thing like, it's like, that sure, Rogan it's, and Conover got yeah, into. It's like, sure, dude, was, you can transition into a woman if you want to. That's your right. But you're still playing the men. Right. 
Because that's just not fair, dude. You yeah. have all these years. You have of all these transgender people yeah. that are in the Olympics and stuff, and then they're they, you know, you have some of them that are like, I want to be classified as a woman, and they're like, we we can't classify you as a woman. It's like you can be in the Olympics, but you have to you have to be in this side, right? Or here's another thing: have trans leagues, right? There you go. That solves the problem. Hey, there we go. Boom. You have the NBA, the WNBA, and the. T NBA, <laughs> the probably, transgender. I probably would watch some of that. That would be interesting like, to see. Okay, we'll see what happens here. Like because all these all these people have transitioned, so it's like okay. See? There we go. Do we just and solve then, the problem? And see, then you Adam can have Conover you can have the even... Wachowski sisters fucking owning an, uh, a a TNBA team. That would be awesome. Look see, at that shit. Huh? See, look look what we just fucking did. Look yeah. At, look what we just did. We would have see we would have made Joe Rogan backpedal a little bit if we were on that. Right. Cuz we would It's like, like well, what about doing a transgender league and where then like, he they can play like, together? Actually, that probably work. How about yeah. UFC have a transgender division category and yeah. then they can fight each other. Right. Oh, yeah, that would work. Yep, that would work. Boom, done. Over Imagine there. Dana White promoting that, too, because he would be like, look, this is going to be the first transgender versus transgender title match for a you know championship, and we're going to have a, a transgender division for uh, people who have transitioned. That'd be awesome. And then all that, the LGBT, awesome. all the LGBTQ people like would be like, we're fucking totally behind UFC because they're actually allowing transgender people to fight in their gender that they have chosen. But it's not like they have to fight somebody else who's also a woman. It could be maybe a woman that transitioned to a man. Or a man that transitioned to a woman. And they have to fight each other because they're in the same division. It's like, you guys wanted equality. Here you go. Fucking fight it out. Here's a championship belt. Transgender UFC championship. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Transgender boxing, transgender basketball, transgender football. Would that work? Well, Tom Brady's basically a woman. <laughs> that was uh, bad. That's, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, transgender women are transgenders probably already playing baseball. Yeah. <laughs> um, we just don't even notice. Right. Because uh, no one watches the shit anymore. We only we only realize when they do something scandalous like cheat. That's when the yeah. only time we care about it's baseball. It's like oh, is when they baseball they bad. cheated again. It's like ooh, shocker. <sighs> uh. <laughs> Hitting trash cans and shit to tell them what pitch it is. It's like you guys are just great garbage. Right. Uh. <laughs> do it the proper way and fucking juice so you can actually hit these home runs. Yeah, that's dude. what that's what McGuire and Sosa did, and baseball was fun then. Yeah. Uh, Come back to your roots, right? Yeah, cheat. Just per- allow anybody to juice however they want to. If they can fucking hit like, like eight hundred home runs a year, then cool. You yeah. still have to fucking find the ball and hit it. It's still a talent. It's still you- a talent. You just have a little bit more muscle than everybody else. If everybody else can take juice, then it's a fair playing field. Because it's like, well, now everybody can be on roids. You know or what they should growth do? Growth hormone or whatever. <laughs> you know what they should do? They should just sign Brock Lesnar and just be like, just swing as hard as you can. <laughs> he could probably, dude, he would probably be pretty intimidating. In like baseball? If, especially if he's like on the fucking mound and he's like fucking 6'3 and like 290 yeah, I was about pounds to say, of muscle. He's probably like three feet taller than all the pitchers. <laughs> <in> fucking- <laughs> you, have like, you have like this little tiny like dude from like Japanese league that's pitching against them that's like fucking 5'8 and he was like, Oh fuck! I don't have shit like this back home. Like how many six? Throw something three? other than a fastball, bitch! I'll see you after the game. Throw me a curveball, and I'm gonna knock that shit out of here. Let's do this, Ichiro. Um, 
He's like the only like Japanese baseball player that I know off the top of my head. Uh, I don't even remember the rest of his name. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's um uh but the Ali movie just to wrap it up. The Ali movie is I think as far as like a bio movie about Muhammad Ali you're you're not gonna get any better than this no yeah i mean you could do like a documentary about muhammad ali that's different but doing a a dramatic movie about you know his you know his you know his wives and you know the nation of islam and the vietnam draft and all the different drama stuff that he was embroiled in right and then his boxing career and all that kind of stuff and it's like you know if if you were going to try to do this movie nowadays, you're like, well, we don't really know of anybody that can honestly play this role because it's like, how are you going to do any better than this? And for all the people that wanted to hate on Will Smith or people that wanted to say like, eh, I don't know, like the boxing, was that really necessary? We already know how these fights go. You can look up the results That's of dumb. these. And it's so stupid because it's like, anytime you watch like a bio movie about somebody, right? Like I always talk about the J Edgar movie because I, I just, I just kind of love that movie, even though it's, it, it kind of flies under the radar of like Clint Eastwood's directorial stuff. And it's a Leonardo DiCaprio movie where he plays J Edgar Hoover. J Edgar Hoover is a fucking fascinating dude because he was like super fucking corrupt. And he ran the FBI for like almost his entire life. Right. Till he like fucking died as the you know the director of the FBI, um, but he fucking he and it also created people. the Hoover, Hoover vacuum, right? <laughs> uh, because he, was, he sucks. Uh, I was gonna say he was dirty, but oh okay, you took my joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> both. He was dirty and he sucked. Uh, um, but uh, but like the thing about that movie is that like you know the shit that J Edgar Hoover did right like you know that you know he was the one like when he took over the FBI the biggest thing that he had to deal with at the beginning was John Dillinger he had to stop Don John Dillinger from you know robbing and you know stealing all this money and getting all these banks and stuff like that he really had to crack down on a lot of that bank robbery crime. Because that was the biggest threat to what he was doing. But when you're watching that movie, you're like, I already know that John Dillinger ends up dead, so why am I even watching this? It's like, no, it's fascinating to see what he went through to try and capture this fucking dude. Because he was he was public enemy number one. That's why the movie that Michael Mann did about John Dillinger that's called Public Enemies is yeah, called What that. do you think's better? Uh, the, the, the J. Edgar movie or the Public Enemy movie? Oh, okay. See, this one's difficult. Because I love the J. Edgar movie. I do love that movie. And I think it's very underrated. I don't think a lot of people gave it a lot of credit. So you're, you're pretty but much... But Public Enemies yeah. is fucking awesome. Yeah, because you got it's Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp and Christian Bale. It's Johnny Depp and, and Christian Bale in that movie. And Johnny Depp plays fucking John Dillinger. And he actually learned how to do shit like John Dillinger. Like, he could break down his gun, clean it put it back like he actually learned how to do all that shit for real yeah like and he even they even staged like bank robberies so he would get comfortable like you know issuing commands and you know commanding the presence and stuff like that and getting the bank tellers to do stuff like he would he johnny depp legit knows how to rob a bank now well i heard for to prepare for this role he robbed eight banks right <laughs> yeah <laughs> And he kept all that money because he was like, I'm Johnny Depp. I'm studying for a role. You know, Johnny, just keep the money. It's all insured anyway. Just keep the money. I'm pretty sure that, like, you know, yeah, you, 
you need it, man. You need it more than we do. It's like, and Johnny's like, okay, uh, I'm just going to go buy another house that I'm going to get abused by Amber Heard in. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's like, but like the Public Enemies movie, like using that as an example, that's another movie that's based on historical people. It's based on John Dillinger and his gang. And you know that John Dillinger eventually gets shot outside of the theater, right? Yeah. When you watch JFK, you know that Kennedy is going to get assassinated Wait, in the movie. Wait, shit, I haven't seen all that movie. Damn. Yeah, fucking Kennedy, like his whole head just gets, ah, just oh, gets blown apart like a man, fucking I melon. I didn't know how it ended. Yeah. Um, so you know in JFK, you know the historical things. You know about the Kennedy assassination. But what's fascinating about what that movie... What happens at the end of Lincoln? Um... <laughs> Is some dude named like John Wilkes Booth? Like, um, I think he. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Yeah, I'll yeah, watch it later. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I won't spoil it for you. But it's like when you watch these historical movies, you already know the history, at least to some degree, even if you don't know everything about that person. What about the, what about the uh, movie, the assassination of Robert Ford by the, uh, uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford? Wonder what happens at the end of that movie. I don't know. See, I, I think the trailer might give away too much. Mm. Or maybe the title does. Hmm. Mm. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's like, you know, when that's the thing, like, yeah, like one of Steve's favorite movies, the aviator, you know, we covered the aviator, like, uh, not too long ago. And you know, that movie is about Howard Hughes. And yet again, it's Leonardo DiCaprio playing, you know, Howard Hughes. He just plays all the real people. Right, yeah. He's just like, I'm J. Edgar Hoover. I'm, you know, Howard Hughes. I'm Cobb and in Inception. That was real. Yeah, that um, was based on real events. That was based on real events. Um, the Revenant, who replaced Hugh Glass. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so The Beach, <laughs> true story. Yeah. What's the Dean um, Gilbert great? Uh, <laughs> true story. But uh, Titanic was a true story. <laughs> Except the parts that he was in. Yeah, except everything that his character is in, that's all completely fabricated. But the Titanic did exist. It did sink. Right. Everything else about the movie right. was made up. But, uh, but Except yeah. the old couple holding hands. That was just sad. Um, but that really happened. Right, yeah. Because they wouldn't get on a lifeboat because they, they wanted kids and stuff to get on there. Right, yeah. So they just held hands and died. They went down with the ship like the band did. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's like, but that's the thing. It's like, especially when you're looking at a movie about Muhammad Ali, it's like, you can nitpick this stuff, but it's like, you know, the boxing in this movie I thought was really well done. Like they do a very good job with making the, the boxing look like, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm looking at a recreation of how the fights actually went. Say my name, motherfucker. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just like I think that uh, if you if you're watching this movie and you feel like Will Smith didn't do a good job or, you know, like the boxing didn't feel like it was done well enough, it's like I dare you to try and do better. Because to me it's like this is probably the this is this is the definitive Muhammad Ali movie. If they ever tried to do another Muhammad Ali movie that's a dramatic movie like this that tells his life, it won't be as good as this. No. It's there's just no way that you're gonna be able to recreate everything that was so good in this movie. And before we end it, I would just go ahead and like to tell you guys a couple more boxing movies. Since if you made it this far, maybe you do like boxing movies. Hopefully, you just listened uh, to like almost two hours of us talking uh, about Digstown with James Woods and uh, uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Uh, great boxing movie. Uh, it's about a. Uh, 
a con man that tries to hustle a guy that basically owns a town out of his town almost and uh he uses it by using this boxer and there's a bunch of good boxing in it so uh i always liked that movie um let's see uh another good boxing movie well cinderella man i think that's the greatest boxing yeah. movie of all time we've already talked about that talked about that one a little bit yeah um shit probably about it i mean the rockies some of the rockies are good uh one two three four all you know instant classics creed one and two yeah two may even be better than one uh but not rocky balboa no probably not and five i like to a degree i love the end of five whenever he street fights tommy Gunn. when he fights tommy gun yeah yeah <laughs> Cause I actually watched a little bit of like a little documentary thing about like the real dude Tommy Gunn. Yeah, yeah. And then before, stuff, yeah. Uh, because it was like um, he died like not too long after that movie, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he died of AIDS. Yeah, um, and it was like uh, everybody was like, "Man, he's so, you know he got the Rocky movie. He was so promising. He was a real boxer. He was a real he dude. Was a badass. He was dude, an actual too. legit boxer. And then they they noticed him, and I think Stallone was like, "I want to I want to have him work in a Rocky movie." You won't fight me in the ring? Because I watched a part of You won't fight the... me in the ring? My ring's outside. <laughs> Don't do this, Tommy. The, the end He's of... a street fighter. <laughs> right. The end of Rocky Five is fucking great. <laughs> if you can suffer through the rest of that movie to get to the ending of it, your patience will be rewarded. Whenever Tommy hits a Polly. fucking great fight. Whenever... As soon as he hits Polly, <laughs> it was over fucking with over with. He was like, you don't touch family. You, 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 you Why don't you try to hit on me? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, as soon as you touch family, that, that shit's over with, man. He's gonna fuck you. Cause up. sometimes he would get fucking so pissed at Polly, but if you ever fucking touch but Polly, Polly was family, <laughs> and that's uh, you know, like if we learned anything about the Rocky movies, they're like the Fast and the Furious movies. It's about family. And Corona. Stallone would be a good addition to the Fast. Oh and yeah, movies. yeah, especially like if he was. Um, uh, Dom's dad, or like something. if he was like Dom's dad, or I was he thinking is like Italian. So I was, worked. I was thinking that'd be kind of fun. yeah. That, I think that'd be kind of cool if like uh, either he was uh, Dom's because the dad brothers or are... uh, or Letty, Letty's dad. Oh yeah, yeah. That would that would kind of um, work. That would be kind of interesting, yeah. wouldn't it? You know. But then a part of me is almost like, well, Letty's dad could probably be like Antonio Banderas or something because Letty Letty's supposed to be Antonio like... Banderas isn't that old though. That's true. Because he's only like 50-something. The is like probably like, 40s. Yeah, so it wouldn't... That'd probably be too weird. Yeah, so, okay, so Stallone would work, yeah. yeah and and Dom, like... Dom is, like, he's supposed to be Italian because his last name is Toretto. Yeah, Stallone would actually work. Fucking, we should, we should fucking be like, look, Universal, you guys have got to put Stallone in his Dom's dad. Because they're putting... Like, Vin... at least in the last movie. Yeah, they're putting Vin Diesel's it. brother in the next one, so it'd be cool to have his dad show up, too. For, like, the and finale it, movie? And it'd be Stallone. That would be pretty badass, yeah. Fucking make that shit happen, Hollywood. Do we have to do this shit for you? Yeah. Because Stallone would be cool as as the dad. Right, yeah. That'd be pretty badass. But, yeah, uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah, uh, enjoy. Hope you enjoyed our OCD. <laughs> ADD. Or, uh, yeah, ADD, yeah, sorry. I got the, the letters mixed up. Yeah, uh, the OPP. Uh, <laughs> you dealt with, with OCD. Yeah, you know me. You know me. me. Um... <laughs> Well, this has been Beyond the Hate. Uh, like, subscribe, leave a comment. Yeah, we just um, five stars. 
five like the stars. Rob Van Dam five star frog splash. Yeah, leave us review. Go check out our other show that we do. That's called the Saint and, and Sinner, Sinner Show. show. And it's not the very, Saint and Dinner Show. Not like the my Saint autocorrect and likes to fuck it with is me. The Saint and Sinner Show. Yes. And we talk about good people and bad people. And, and generally drink and have a good time. Uh, yeah. So so it, it starts off a little bit depressing. I tell some lies. We get some truths. We and then we, we finish on a good strong note. <laughs> we, yeah, we finish on a good strong note. Sometimes it's, you know, and sometimes we, you know, make fun of the LA Lakers sponsor Wish dot com. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> just because we have to keep hammering that home that they sponsor the Lakers. Yeah, and if you guys listen to some of the stuff that's on that site, it's really hilarious. Right. Uh, but yeah, or you can find our stuff on Spotify, uh, fucking um, Apple, like iTunes. If uh, iTunes, I don't know if it still exists. Does it, does it even I don't. Th- exist? I don't think iTunes exists. I think it's just Apple Podcasts now. But uh, but yeah, uh, Anchor, Stitcher, we're fucking everywhere. Cast Google Podcast, Fox, the uh, I can't. Cricket, I think wireless cricket wireless <laughs> we're on cricket wireless too um i mean if they can sponsor they can bring in sasha banks to do a commercial they can fucking get us we're probably way cheaper than sasha banks yeah. that bitch um, is like 30 dollars right like uh we uh, at least like 20 like yeah. we're super cheap mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah love you sasha anyway um but, but anyway, uh, uh <laughs> but this has been beyond the hate um so yeah see you next time peace Come on, man. I know. Like when you listen to this, you're like, man, fuck, like, like a hundred percent of what's on SoundCloud is garbage. And you go back and you listen to like this shit from like the this song came out like what, like, like early '90s, like late '80s, early '90s. And LL Cool J is still a better lyricist than like a hundred percent of the guys that come out. Absolutely. And not to talk shit against the people like Post Malone and stuff like that that are good because he's he's pretty good for what he does. But this is you can't. Nobody does this anymore. These are people that grew up struggling and then actually finally made something. You can hear it in the lyrics. Right. Like, Hello Cool J is a fucking legend. Yeah. And he, he can still outrap people to this day. And, listen, you know, also, done... listen to this beat. This was an original beat. Fucking, this one... These rap beats, like back in the day, like we played Public Enemy earlier, they had fucking great beat. Yeah. This has a great beat. You know? Now all the rap songs just take shit from old rock songs almost, and then they just rap. Well, they just them. take old hip hop like this and just like remix it, yeah. and sample it and shit. And it's like, no man, those are LL Cool J beats. It's like that one album by Nicki Minaj was almost like all samples from old school hip hop, and it's like she could afford it. Yeah, she's like, I'm just gonna buy all this and just sing over it, and it's like, okay, cool. I mean, I guess. That's the way everybody does everything now. But back in the day, you actually had, like, remember back in the day when you used to have uh, people that would actually just sit there with turntables and mix shit for real? Okay, we're done. You know?